Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 138 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hartman, and who's with me tonight? Hey, this is Carrie Carusetta on Twitch, and I play Konami games. <laughs> I am Joseph Butler, the king of useless knowledge, but please call me Joe. And the other exoskeleton soldier, Red Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all good guys. <laughs> And before we go too far, I do want to mention this is the when you're hearing this episode, this is your last chance to vote in the anime Patreon poll that we have. For as little as a dollar, you can go on our Patreon and go vote because you literally have like three days before I close the poll on the first of the month of next month. So go vote. You can right now it's it's right. We have Kawi Bebop, Outlaw Star, Case Closed, and Akuma No Riddle. We're doing the first episode, our pilot test thing where we just cover the first episode. So and Cowboy Bebop is not winning. So if you want to change that for as little as a dollar, you can vote and change that. Because I really want to cover Cowboy Bebop, and I thought it would win for sure, and it's not, and I'm sad. So please, go fix that. <laughs> All right, and I should introduce what we're talking about. And I brought these for these three other gentlemen to join me. We are talking about a game that some people like and some people hate. <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes for GameCube that came out in 2004. Made by Silicon Knights. Remember those guys? Yeah. If you don't, yeah. that's okay. No one does. <laughs> they don't remember themselves anymore because they don't exist. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, they went defunct in 2014. Is that all they've made? Uh, no, they made... We've actually covered... This is the third game that they made that we cover on the sh- we yeah. covered on the show. <laughs> they did Blood Omen, Eternal Darkness, Metal Gear Solid, Twin Snakes, Two Human, and X-Men Destiny. Okay, no, we covered four of their games now for some reason. And they did three on DOS, and one, or two on DOS and one on Amiga, which I will not be covering. Are they not? Is it is it the same Silicon? Am I thinking of the right company that helped design the N sixty four? I can't remember if they were. I thought that was Silicon Knights that were involved in designing the N sixty four, like hardware. I could just be spouting misinformation now. So no, I I can't. I don't see. Well, I don't see it on their wiki when I'm just reading. Okay, I'm sure I'm thinking of something else. Maybe rare. Oh, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I brought all all three of you on because all three of you, I think, have a history with Metal Gear, I'm assuming, at this point, Mm -hmm. because you signed up for this episode. (laughs) So first, I want to say, Carrie, what's your history with this game? Well, this is my first time playing the GameCube version, but uh, the Metal Gear series is one of my favorite series of games. And uh, Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation is like probably in my top like 20 games ever. So I'm I'm I am a Metal Gear fan, but uh, this is my first time playing this version. Okay. What about you, Joe? It's also my first time playing the GameCube version. I'm also a very big Metal Gear fan, and I have a very soft spot for the game because I got a horrible case of the chicken pox as a kid, and my cousin decided to bring in his PlayStation with Metal Gear and Resident Evil. So I had to sit there and watch him beat that all weekend. <laughs> Those are two good games, though. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So at least he wasn't playing like Siphon Filter or some other, you know, <laughs> eh. some garbage like that. Yeah, but I love the entire series, and it's very jarring playing the series backwards. Yeah. We've been slowly on this show going through each of the Metal Gear games, very slowly. We started with Ghost Battle for some reason, because me, but yeah, I, I love the series. And what about you, Rich? Well, you were kind of there for a good yeah. amount of it, but um, I kind of stumbled across it by accident. We had that middle school friend back Todd. then, that, yeah, Todd, <laughs> and we would borrow games of each other. And uh, he kind of forced this one on me. I didn't I didn't want to play it. And I was like, oh, the case looks kind of bland. Like, it just had Metal Gear Solid in red letters. That was the old PlayStation cover for it. I was like, oh, it's so boring. And popped it in, and the game kind of changed my life from that point on. And um, eventually, you got Twin Snakes, and I played the hell out of that at your house. And 
just kept me going from there. It's it's, it's a series I've I've always loved. I still I still have that copy, but I bought Twin Snakes by. It was one of the games that I bought after I went and sold papers on the corner. Yeah, I got <laughs> and then I made enough money doing that to go pick it up for like thirty or forty. I remember that. And now the game's like one hundred and twenty bucks on eBay. Mm-hmm. It is not cheap. So, I have a weird question. Then, sure. has has anybody played the first the first Metal Gear and Metal Gear Two before this? I have played Metal Gear Two Solid Snake and did an episode about it on the show. Oh, okay, I never played yeah. Metal Gear One yet. Yeah, neither have I. I have played Metal Gear One. Yes, I didn't beat it though. I don't think. No, you played Two it. also. The the oh, yeah, obviously the NES version or like the original. The, the uh, NES. Oh, no, all of the NES, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The uh, MSX, the one for the MSX computer that's like the original one, they actually included that, like a version of that in a Metal Gear Solid 3, I think either subsistence or, subsistence. yeah, I think subsistence. So I have those. I have them like on my computer ready to play, and I just uh, haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> They're also on the Metal Gear Solid HD collection for, or the Legacy collection for PS3. Oh, okay. Yeah, only okay. on PS3, but yeah, they're also yeah. not on the 360 version. Yeah, at least two, two Solid Snake. Which, if you play that game, then you play Metal Gear Solid. He stole so many things from two, and he just put in, in mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid, yeah. like the elevator scene. So many different scenes were in Metal Gear Two. He just repeats them again. Yeah, because Metal Gear Two is the stuff. one that's is Metal Gear Two not canon, or is it Ghost Babble that's not canon? Think, uh, uh, Ghost Babble's not canon. Ghost Babble Snakes, not for, canon. That's Snakes right. for Revenge is not yes. canon, right? Right. No. Well, I think that neither of the NES ones are technically canon because they changed so much. But yeah, <laughs> they retcon the shit. Canon. Yeah, hell, they uh, retcon thing in this game too. There's things well, that yeah, happened that happened here that weren't in Metal Gear One or Two that Kojima made that he changed. Oh, yeah. Like there's one part. Where he says, "In big boss's dying breath, he told me he was his dad." No, he lit him on fire and he burned. He didn't say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> he just screamed. Well, there. I mean, there's explanations towards that in other games. Yeah, <laughs> which That's may true. technically make sense and also still don't. Yeah, I was watching a video breakdown a couple of days ago, actually, of the uh, differences between the MSX and the NES version, and I didn't realize, man, they changed so much. Like, <laughs> massively different game. It's, so it's inter- it's interesting. I'm assuming I fell asleep is not in the MSX version. I don't think so. But I mean, like mass the the NES version is way less stealthy. Just that alone. But someday I I need to play the original one in MSX also for this show. I, re- I really do. Same. Yeah. Well, I said since it's included if it, uh, with uh, those two collections, that's that's good. So you don't have to you don't have to go buy an MSX from Japan. I wouldn't do that anyway. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, as like the thing about this game is, as anyone, well, people should know, this is a remake of the 1998 version of it. I am a very, I like the fact that they kept the script mostly the same. It's the same areas, the same game. It just they put a nice HD code paint on it, made it look pretty, updated everything, and gave it just cutscenes that would fit in with the Matrix. But I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I like the. There were so many quality of life enhancements to it that just made oh, yeah. it. I. I I was blown away. I was like, I didn't realize like this is to me is this is kind of the way to play. I mean, you should play the original too, just so you can, but this was like uh way more playable, I guess you could say. Yeah. I'd have to agree. Like if, if I had to choose between the two, I would just go with twin snakes. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, the, the first person thing, which in oh. some ways breaks the game as we'll talk about as we go through it, 
but I like it. Like when I was a kid, I was terrified of the original MGS. I just I couldn't play it. I tried. I sucked at it. I didn't like it. But when MGS two came out, and I was forced to watch it many many times by someone named Rich. And I got into it, and then <laughs> I, when this came out, I was so excited because this was this was the first way that I experienced Metal Gear Solid One myself was playing Twin Snakes because I couldn't play uh-huh. the original. I just sucked yeah. at it. It wasn't until a couple years ago when I did it for the show I finally beat the original game. <laughs> it's also like the hardest one to like play and find because pretty much every other one you can you can pretty much either play on the computer. You can uh, there's always the Xbox store and everything else, but. This and Metal Gear Solid 4 are, like, the weirdest to play for yourself. Yeah, they're well, not re-released. Yeah. Yeah, you have to, basically, unless you have the original hardware, you've got to pirate it to be able to play it. Yeah, and it's not coming back out. I mean, it's Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, I, this, and with Silicon Knights being defunct and not a good company and all the other sh- and the fact that this is probably wrapped up in a few different... I want, yeah, because Konami published it, but with Nintendo, I mean, I'm sure Nintendo had something to do with it. If you're looking at Nintendo, Konami, Silicon Knights that no longer exists, so... Yeah, this is never going to get re-released, and that that no. to me that's terrible because something games need to be released. Like just throw them on PC. Once you put them on PC, they're on PC forever. But Nintendo is never going to let this go anywhere. And that's, yeah, and that's, and I'm generally anti-piracy, but when a company refuses to release something, then uh, all bets are off. So like this in Eternal Darkness, I mean, those games are never getting re-released. So if the only way you want to play it is any way you can, and that's yeah, like you don't have a choice with this. And this title is yeah. like it's 120 bucks on eBay. That's ridiculous. It's awful. It's just dumb. Yeah, it's not. It's a good game, but yeah, mm-hmm. in my opinion, no game is unless you're just some guy who likes, who, you know, who loves collecting. Like, I mean, I spent money on comics, so I, you know, but it's got to be like, it shouldn't just be like, hey, I want to play this, so I'm going to go on eBay and give some guy, you know, 120 bucks because he's been sitting on it for 10 years. Yeah. You know? No. And hopefully, sends me the actual game and not, you know, a piece of pizza. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. That's one of my things when it comes to this. But like in the, the way that this game starts off, because it, it pretty much reenacts the first game, you know, perfectly of him, of Snake being, you know, on the little sub thing and he's going underwater and he's heading to Shadow Moses. All that still is so good. And the fact that they got all the voice actors to come back from, from the original game, which, again, yeah. must have been an impressive feat. So it's re-recorded dialogue. They re-recorded it. Yes, at least the cutscene. Oh. Maybe I don't know about I don't know about the codex. I think the codex are just the exact same thing, just plugged from the first game. But I could be wrong. I think some of the actors on the codex are a bit different, like Mei Ling and stuff like that. Oh, and Naomi oh, isn't isn't she British now? I got no. Oh. I didn't even know to, I didn't even think about that. The the one difference that jumped out of me at the very beginning is you don't get the police knots theme uh, <laughs> in the middle because that's the that's when you turn when you start up Metal Gear. It does a doot, 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 you know, oh. as it's putting up the, I think it's when it does the PlayStation logo. Oh, it, do, it does the, it does the, just the beginning of the song from Police Knots, which is one of my favorite oh, video that. game music. Yeah. It's one of my favorite video game songs. No, it does that. It didn't for in the GameCube version. Yeah. If you let, if you don't press anything, as soon as the game starts up, it rolls out. It plays oh. it while they're looking at the sub. Oh, I didn't hear it. I must have somehow skipped it. Oh my gosh! I was like, I was like, no, no police knots. What's going on? It was already, already ruined. <laughs> That's cool. They still Uh-oh. kept it in. I mean, that police is cool. I'm glad to hear that. It's such a like unknown game too. Like most people don't even know what that game is. I vaguely do. I've never played it yet. Did they even come to America? That, no. Yeah. No. It's Japan. I have only, it on, but they're. I have it on PlayStation. On police knots. Yeah. PS4. Huh. Oh, they. Oh, they released a digital version. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. 
I would totally play that sometime soon. Yeah, I'll say I have it on my um, my uh, PlayStation Classic, my modded PlayStation Classic. But I ha- I actually have yet to try it. So if you ever do a podcast on that, let me know. Okay, I don't there think it's it. It's not showing up that it's on PS4 or any North American release. When it I'm might not be available it. anymore. It's uh, it. Uh, I haven't I haven't played it yet, but I, I watched a uh, full let's play of it. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting game. Oh, I know. I know who to talk to when I eventually do it someday now. There you go. It's been on my list because we did Snatcher a long time ago and I've been meaning to do that one too. Oh, yeah. Someday. But like just everything with the opening is so good still. Like in that room is such a good little intro room. Even on this version, I mean, it's still not the same because you can just aim and shoot them right in the face. But which I did. <laughs> like, yeah. One thing I love about this game with the first person because in the original game, you, well, I only had a gun because I played this on very easy. So I start off with the with the tranquilizer gun because that's how I play games. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, I start off the gun. And as soon as I see them walking toward me, they go, oh, what's that? And they get a bullet to the head. That's it. That's the end of that. Or a bullet to the leg. It doesn't matter. I'm very easy. They just fall asleep. But that's what made this game so playable for me when I was younger. And for this episode is that, you know, it's if you want to just enjoy the story, you just want to enjoy the game. You can. It gives you the tools just to enjoy it. And I, mm. I love that in a game. Yeah. That's uh, the that first person view is it, it's uh, yeah it, it it may break it but it also man it's so much better because like I didn't necessarily abuse it but it's just so much more convenient you know you can shoot out cameras which you can't do in the original version you have to only do chaff grenade right yeah. exactly and so shooting out cameras in the original uh, could you shoot the cameras with the sniper rifle in the original I don't know I, mm. I I mean I feel like you could but it's it's one of those things where it's been so long and I'm just like. Uh, I realized playing this, I was like, so much of what I remember about Metal Gear Solid, I'm remembering from playing two and three, <laughs> like features right, yeah. like that. I don't, I don't know if they have the the ability to damage uh, cameras in the original PS version. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just chaff grenades. Yeah, yeah. Which chaff grenades are useful in this game? Oh yeah, I, I barely use them. <laughs> oh. They have they have such a large radius too. I mean, I think. I think, and I'm not sure if it's in both versions, but I feel like with the chaff grenade, basically, if it goes off, then anything in your, like, even remote vicinity, like that floor, pretty much, like, goes out. Well, the and entire room. Yeah, I, I mean, but I mean, like, uh, like as long as you don't zone the, out, right? Yeah, as long as you don't zone out. So, like, rooms adjacent, like, through walls and stuff, the cameras are turned off and stuff, it looks like. And the, uh, specifically the one with the electric floor and the poison gas... <laughs> I dropped like a chaff grenade in that hallway and the cameras in the rooms like next door went off. So that's another thing that I like about this game is that each difficulty is different. Cause when I did that, I had no camera gun. Cause I was playing on very easy. I had such a hard time oh, on wow. that electric hallway. I did not think <laughs> to use a freaking chaff grenade. Oh yeah. That makes it. Yeah. The chaff grenade makes it way easier. I didn't even think about that. That's another thing that's so great about metal gear and this game. I, I think in encompasses it very well like just the way that it handles itself like i was you know like just you know things that have that they kept from the original like the same thing where if you walk in the puddle people can see your your footprint and follow your footprint doesn't matter if you shoot them in the face but you know they i like the fact that that's there it never happened to me in this game where anyone followed me because i just shot them in the face but i like the fact that it was there (laughs) (laughs) so kojima's always been like a really weird guy about games and stuff like that and like my favorite weird tidbit about him is there was a game he there was a horror game he wanted to release for the PlayStation or for the computer, and it would use the heat of your computer to make the disc smell like blood. <laughs> what the, I've never heard that. Yeah, it's an interview, and like 
his, his people that worked under him were like, Kojima, we can't do that, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love he just, he, th- that's the great, the, the, you know, people have negative things to say about him, whatever, but he always takes big swings. He never, he never does the easy thing. He always, every game is a big swing. Oh, everyone loves Solid Snake. Cool. You're going to play as Raiden. <laughs> okay. Okay. You love Solid Snake. Fuck you. You're big boss. All right, fine. You want to be Solid Snake? All right, fuck you. You die. Of old age. You're going to die of old age. All right, screw you. It's just yeah, let's, like, let's also release a demo for MGS2 where you play solely as Snake and then the full game comes up. Yes. People are like mad. And I understand why people are mad about that, but that is one of my favorite things that anyone's ever done in video gaming because <laughs> it's just the perfect just middle finger to whiny oh, yeah. fan, whiny that fans. was a collective just of every fan just what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah uh-huh. and that game is great though oh it, it is was, so, it good. Game, so good so sure. good even yeah. though i'm not but a it, fan of dead cell like that group of of the the te- this the organi- just that little group of bosses are idiots <laughs> compared <laughs> yeah. to foxhound yeah, yeah. But you, like, you don't like a vampire who can bend bullets around her? No? I'm okay with a vampire. Well, <laughs> Fortune is just stupid because when you find out, yeah, we'll get there eventually when we come yeah. to that game. But like a, guy, a fat guy with roller skates, okay? Like, come on. Yeah. Do y'all do a lot of codec calls in the game? Not this time because I was in a rush this time. I, I, I played through this game in like five sittings, so I didn't do them this time. But normally I do like every possible codec conversation I can. Yeah. There, There's a, uh, there's a codec call into where... Bryden asked Snake about Vamp, and he's like, "Do they call him Vamp because he? Uh, they call him Vamp because he's a vampire?" And like straight face, Snake goes, "No, they call him Vamp because he sleeps with dudes." <laughs> wow. I don't think I ever saw that one. I don't think I ever. I don't remember that one either. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> well, speaking of like codec calls, I don't. In this game, when I played through it, I only did the ones that I had to, so the game wouldn't make me or when they would talk to me. I don't reach out to anyone myself, except for Campbell. At one point, when I was trying to fight Psycho Manus and not do it the the, the trick way. Oh, but okay. I just like there's one character you don't even I think her name isn't Natasha that you don't even have to talk to unless you actually seek her out. Is she like the bomb expert or something or like the nuke expert? I think so. Something about weapon. But I never talked to her because the game doesn't make me so I just ignore her. Yeah. Wait, who is the, the animal expert? I thought there was one of them that's like an animal expert that tells you about the rats and stuff at the beginning. No, that's three. Oh, is that three? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. No, yeah, I didn't talk to her very much either. I, one thing that I didn't realize until after I had already finished, and then I was looking at like the controls finally after I finished, was that I was pressing the uh, the A button to get through the codex, and that just makes it go and skip to the end of the codex. And if you press the B button, that makes it let you just like you know go through at your own reading pace. Like in the original, that's you know you press uh, like X, and it lets you sit there and clip through the codex so you can just kind of skim it. And so I kept missing what they were saying because I would I would press A to forward it because it was too slow. And I was like, <laughs> oh, damn it. What did he say? And I'd have to call him again and then sit there and listen to the whole thing. That could be I, annoying. I'm sorry, Carrie. Did you say the, the A button? I'm only familiar with the action button. And <laughs> <laughs> So the action I, button. Yeah. I played this on a game, a game controller that was USB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And because that's why I play every GameCube game now. When I play them, I use I use a fake GameCube controller. That's a good and, way to do it, yeah. Well, it's also just because you have to because it's it's one of those controllers that is just so weird. Still, like it just doesn't. It's just a strange controller. A yeah, big A button, I, small. I used a, I used an Xbox One controller, and yeah, I kept you know the B button on the GameCube is where the X button is on the on the Xbox controller. So I kept 
like it would say to do something and I would press the wrong button over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> I forget. I would forget what the action button was. Yeah. I just wasn't. I don't know. I had issues in this game where I forget what was doing what. Like I meant, like I would meant to crouch and I would shoot instead, or I would oh, mean to do something I kept else doing that. Shoot. I I kept meaning to use an item and I would shoot my gun and set off the alerts. <laughs> yeah. I've always been confused by the one of the early things in this game that I just I still don't I, I don't like the stuff with decoy octopus where you go into that initial room which kind of gives you a big like dump of story where you run into the DARPA chief who's not the DARPA mm-hmm. chief but. I've always, like, I wish there would have been a boss fight with Decoy Octopus instead of just that scene where you go in a cell and he just talks to you and then dies from a heart attack. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I don't it, like it. Could have been interesting. I think maybe what you could do of Decoy Octopus wouldn't be super different from, like, Psycho Mantis controlling Meryl. You know, the idea of, like, having to fight an ally, someone you think is an ally kind of thing. But they, maybe they could have done something neat with it. Or just not have that scene altogether. Have them impersonate Gray Fox and attack you at one point something or just something. be a room with a bunch of people and you have to figure out which one is him and which one are clones or something or do like mannequin something i mean i don't know something better than if he if he impersonated gray fox he'd have to take his blood too though wouldn't he oh that's true i don't well, know he could impersonate you why you would... need the blood to impersonate somebody when all you're doing is sitting in a cell trying to get them to tell you something that you know i don't get the what you need the blood for yeah there's a lot of things we don't understand what fox town <laughs> does there's, it's just complicated yeah it's it's Especially once you've played through the series and you're like, after the events of Metal Gear Solid 3, Peace Walker, and Metal Gear Solid 5, how that gets from there to Metal Gear and the Metal Gear Solid is like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem to fit. This seems like things took a really bad left turn right after Metal Gear Solid 5. Well, you see, with the technology, things get blown up and we don't know how they work anymore. There you go. <laughs> like the whole story of this is that you're on like this little base in Alaska or not that little, but you're in this base in Alaska that these terrorists took over, which is just a group of special forces, which I like Foxhound. I think they are great bosses. And beside Decoy Octopus, they're a great group of characters because you oh, have yeah. Decoy Octopus. You have Psycho Mantis, which is a, a psychic. You have Sniper Wolf, which is a, a sniper. Vulcan Raven, a guy that carries a giant cannon on his back like it's good characters and uh, of course revolver ocelot he became way too big of a character in the series i think but hey you know <laughs> i like him in this one though i like him in this one um i like him a lot in three also it was actually kind of he... neat to play this first and then three yeah. and kind of go back and be like oh wow he was like he you know he was really different but in a way that makes sense it's like oh i could see how this guy from three became this guy from one i get it he really got to shine in three yeah yeah he doesn't really shine but i mean Okay, he's still good in this game, even when he loses a body part. Yeah. Uh, I so like I also was amused, like I had forgotten a lot of the stuff with Meryl. Like the fact that Meryl you know, she's in the cell next to you when you're talking to Dart Chief, and after he dies, she breaks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I think there's a scene where you can go and watch her and there's something like pervy happens if you sit there and stare at her vent or something. Yeah, I I, I, if you go back, then she's wearing progressively less clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did I did not do that, but I, I didn't either. I, I was reading it. about it. <laughs> it's just Kojima's. I mean, I played enough Kojima games at this point. And he just, yeah, he's perp. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even the little codec conversations where they kind of make like sexual comments or innuendos mm-hmm. that's everywhere in the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it is like he was very much like every Kojima, everything. It's all about what movies he was into at the time, you know? And and so you, you watch this and it really does like. Solid Snake really does fit as Snake Plissken if he was a mercenary instead of a 
convict. criminal, yeah, convict or whatever, you know. And it it does have like a lot of the same, the kind of the style of like cheesy '80s action movie, American action movies, like a lot of the way it treat yeah. the way it treats women as well. Even his yeah. voice is very similar. Yeah, well, that's definitely what they're going for. I mean, they even went as far to give him an eye, give give well the character an eye patch uh, eventually. Right. And like one other thing about these about the like this this whole plan of the terror. So their whole plan is to take over this base, threaten a nuclear bomb, and they want one billion dollars and a body of a dead guy, a big boss, which I don't think there should be a body considering he was burned to a crisp, but hey, I mean I guess well, there is. And they added on as the story went, the uh, fox die vaccine. Right. Well I think and, that was I thought that was a good twist and, and then it turns out at the end it's well, no, you go ahead. It's fine. But the thing is, like, their whole plan, they don't even have the codes because they get the code from one guy, but they kill the other guy before they get his code. So their whole plan is to get Snake to tell them what to do or something. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the problem is they they didn't mean to kill the guy. So they thought they could get the codes before they killed him. That's how I understood it. Yeah. But, but also, they're, at, the, at the end, it also turns out, like, they're not going to nuke a civilian center. They're going to nuke a nuclear test site where no one will get hurt so that then the U.S. will have to acknowledge that Metal Gear exists and that they have this weapons program that violates international treaties. And so it's like, I, I'm like, at the end of it, I'm like, I'm not completely unsympathetic to, to Foxhound in this. I actually get where they're coming from a lot, especially like I get where Liquid Snake is coming from on it. It's I thought it, I think it's actually like when you get to the end of it, it actually is a pretty good story. At first, it just seems like kind of cheesy. And then as it goes, you're like, oh, this actually is interesting. It's an interesting take. And then, of course, at the end of the game, you know, where it puts up the message about nuclear weapons and <laughs> and this version, it had a it had a updated as of 2003 thing on it. That was cool. Yeah. Well, the whole idea is that they're all dying. That Liquid Snake and all of them are going, well, not, not all of them, but Liquid Snake and the Geno Army, which is all the men that you're fighting, are dying because they're all clones of Big Boss or something to do with genetics with Big Boss, or, I think. But they're, more so, they are designed to die so that the so the U.S. government wouldn't have to deal with them. So it's like yeah. extra, it's like getting into the, like the how we treat veterans kind of thing. It's like... It's actually it's, it's way deeper than I think a lot of people think it is. <laughs> I know, it's dumb as it could be. be. At the end of the day, like when you go through this entire game, the real enemy in this is, is the government. Yeah. Don't trust the government. Otherwise, you get into to what you get with this game. Which I feel like that's a theme that doesn't ever go away either. Oh, no. Kojima's games get really deep. Uh, the whole point, which is the start of this, is what I feel is every game gets closer to like the what what can we do to just throw people out at war? Because you have the what is it the genome soldiers, which is a weird plot hole it doesn't make sense which i'll probably get into later but there it's supposed to be a way of like them not have not having to have people trained to go and it goes further on throughout the series to where like in metal gear solid 4 they just have nano machines and that's how they can read each other's minds and know how to do tactics and everyone's assigned a weapon and all this other weird stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah they do give people some strange I mean, but I like bot like I like the fact that the the team of Foxhound, you know, the bosses are all like, you know, have their certain qualifications. Mm-hmm. And I still think Sniper Wolf is a way better sniper than the end. So. Yeah, well, and, and I love. I mean, that's what I like the the conceit of five of Peace Walker and Five is that you're going around retreating, re- recruiting these like you know these like special like hand picked people like that, which I like a lot. Oh, there's Isn't a Nico there... octopus. I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a dude in Metal Gear, uh, Metal Gear 2 that's like Hot Coldman or something? That's uh, Peace Walker. <laughs> I remember that name. Yeah. Peace Walker. Is that, 
Is that Peace Walker? Yeah. That's Peace Walker. Yeah, that's a weird game sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I have I, I have Peace Walker. I've just I've read I've read about it, but I haven't I haven't played it yet. I've that's that's one that's on my my to do list right now. Same. It's yeah. gonna be on the show someday. So. Trying to decide if I'm gonna play it on my computer or on my PSP. Computer. I don't want to play on a PSP. Either <laughs> <laughs> way, it's definitely worth a play. Yeah, I'll say I still use my PSP a lot. You know, to play NES games, <laughs> <laughs> just like it was made for. Yeah. That's just what Sony wanted you to do, play other people's games. No, I love somebody uh, went to, to E3 and got to interview Miyamoto and were like, hey, check this out, and showed him a PSP playing Super Mario Brothers. And yeah. He was not amused. Well, why would you go and show somebody pirate? It was a journalist. Piracy. It was a journalist. It was just like, yeah, no, check this out. And he's like, hmm. <laughs> I mean, I love it as a consumer, but I, I wouldn't go and show the creator like, hey, look what I can do. I can pirate. <laughs> yeah. Look how I took money out of your pocket. <laughs> I don't know. Miyamoto's gotten my money for that game like five times at this point. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's not like they like money anyways. Yeah. Like, hey, they're yeah. not releasing this anytime soon again, so huh. Yeah. yeah. And there's just some other stuff like when it comes like the way that this game progresses, like when you first meet Meryl and all the stuff that happens with her, I, I think I like it. I appreciate it more. Like the whole fact that he's like, You got rookie eyes. You know, and just the way that that initial reaction goes and how, you know, she's really green. And then he and then she just kills people because like, right after you meet her, you have the whole scene of where she doesn't really want to fight. And she just starts gunning down these guys that are all running into the jail cell with you or into the jail. Yeah, but then she's messed up from it, too. She's like uh, appropriately like upset at what she's done, which I thought was interesting. No, I mean, because you would be. I mean, you just come yeah. down. Like you, you're forced to kill twelve guys. I mean, yes, their bodies disappear and fade away, but still. I love her screaming when she does it too, and she makes like the big circular motion because she doesn't really know how to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's still, it, it's still like I watched all the cutscenes in this playthrough. I listened to all the codec calls that were the game initiated, and so, so I was just because I wanted to play it the right way. Even though I could, you mm-hmm. can beat this game like an hour if you don't probably or two under two. <laughs> you don't listen to every, don't watch any cutscenes. It's not a not a long game, but. I like when I went. So after that, when you go through, when you go to the part where you have to go meet the second guy, Kenneth Baker, who's the president of a military company that has the other code. Like the whole scene leading up to him, like I, so much of it was in my head. Like when they go, like, oh, you got to put C four in the walls. I knew where the walls were because I seen somebody named Rich play this game a bunch of times. I knew right where to go <laughs> when we were kids and we used to play this game all the time. And it was just funny. It's still my memory. It was still there. I went and put the C four and broke open stuff. I mean, I looked for it, but I knew where, right where to look. Like I knew all oh, to the bottom left corner. All oh, this is in the top right corner. Like I knew where where it was. Yeah, if you don't, this is where that first person view comes in really handy too. Because mm-hmm. you can you can look at it and you can see it's it's a uh, it's 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 actually well camouflaged, but you can see there's like a line running around the wall that stops where the the fake parts are, where the hollow ones are. My question is like, if you go and put somebody in this place and you cement the door, like how does this help you when you? <laughs> You like he's not sitting. He's set there as a trap to bring Solid Snake. You don't. You don't need to cement the doors for your trap. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I, I don't know. I so, wanted to make him use up his C four. <laughs> so there's like a really weird scene for that, and like I always tell people, there's like two very specific scenes, three very specific scenes in this game that I tell people, and they don't believe me. And it's the scene where you meet Baker, and it's where he's like, I need you to tell me the launch codes. And Baker's like, I don't remember them because I'm old. And Snake has like a fit. Yeah, yeah. And like what? almost shoots him. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Snake is, is not like cool sometimes. He gets very uh, highly upset uh, here and there. 
Uh, I, so, Rich, when we first played this game, the original PS1 version, you didn't have the case, right? Or something? Oh, um, what? The PS1 version? Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had an issue with this where you couldn't figure out what to do. Like, after this part when you have to go and call her and we couldn't call her. Yeah, that's how you're. That's the, that is like the best, like, little, like, anti piracy, anti used game thing ever is to put that codec on the back of the case like that. Yeah, so we did have the case. I think we just didn't understand where to look. Like, even though they were kind of flat out saying it, like, we were like, we never saw a game or anything for that that had us, like, look outside of the game for, for something else. Yeah, it's so out. It's so, like, literally outside the box the game yeah. design. It, are y'all aware of what they did with the PlayStation Classic? What? No. Oh, you can so look at the box for the PlayStation Classic on the back. It has little screenshots of the different games that are included, and the screenshot from Metal Gear Solid is the codec showing Meryl's yeah. codec. Thing. Like that is like Chef's kiss. That is like I love that. That is an attention to detail that is not present in some of the rest of the design of the PlayStation Classic. But so that is awesome. Classic garbage. But, oh, it's yeah. great as a little emulation machine. It's oh, like yeah. a it's like oh, a thirty dollar Raspberry Pi. That's what I did with mine. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, no why, I bought, that's why I bought one. <laughs> yeah, that's the only I, reason to buy one. I feel bad for the kids who, like, had, like, weren't ready to go off. And, like, oh, you have to go rent the game, Billy. Oh, oh, God. I can't look at how to get past this part because it's only in, like, a Blockbuster case. So I guess I I'm not. say, yeah, Blockbuster's not going to have that codec code on the case. No. But you're and, right, though. He gets so you... angry when, when he's like, I, I forgot. He pulls a gun. You're right. He does pull a gun. Yeah, he pulls a gun on him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and this is another spot where the game gets broken. Like in the revolver ocelot fight, when you did on the original PS1 version, you had to be careful because oh. if you shot across, you would shoot Baker, you would shoot a wire and blow everything up. But in this game with the first person, you can just like I just stood in one spot, put in first person, and I just tanked him as he shot me back and forth. And I yeah, the revolver ocelot fight was so much easier it's in broken. this version. <laughs> yeah, the, in the PlayStation One version, I mean, I I think at least the first time I did it, it had to have taken me like a dozen tries, and this one it was just like over in thirty seconds. Because mm-hmm. he also bounces the bullets around, where in, in the PS One version it actually matters because he bounces them around to hit you. In this one, he doesn't. You can just stand in one spot and just shoot him because you can just shoot across because you can aim. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the bullets probably do bounce around and hit you if you don't take him out, but he's just so easy to take out in first person. And this is when you first get introduced to the Ninja 2, which the cutscene that they added in the GameCube version, just the way that that cutscene is, I know mm-hmm. it's very Matrix, but I still think it fits what Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, just the way that these games go, where they're very cinematic games, they're very oh, yeah. the top cutscenes. Like, I like the fact that this, even though the original game didn't have that, I'm okay with this version having that. I mean, yeah, yes, I love it doesn't need to jump off a rock, but still. Yeah, and, and I love all the, the, all the Gray Fox stuff, too. It's just like, I just like the design of that. I think it's fun. I mean, it's silly, but it's fun. Definitely some of the coolest points in the game. Yeah. yeah. I still make, I st- every so often I'll reference stuff from Gray Fox. Hurt me more. <laughs> See. I like saying that. So that's one thing I can't really say to random people unless they know what I'm referencing. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? Yeah. I've done it to my wife before. Like, and she just looked at me like, what the hell? <laughs> she doesn't know what I'm talking about. See, you say that, but I grew up on Newgrounds with Ego Raptor, so I, I would, I bring would that up. yeah, I would yell at my cousin, "Hurt me more, dog!" and she would get it. So <laughs> Metal Gear, awesome! Yeah. I remember those because <laughs> we were like, when we were kids, Rich. We were like obsessed with Metal Gear. Oh yeah, we only had two games at the time because I, I want to say, well, no, we had three eventually when, in high, when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. So, so how how old were you guys when Metal Gear Solid came out? I think I might be a little older than some of you. The original or, or this one? Or the original. Like I was, Metal Gear Solid on PS1? PS1. PS1. 
That was 10? Yeah. Five, 10 or 11? Yeah, I was, so I was uh, 15, 16, fi- okay. 15, I think. And so, yeah, and I really wanted a PlayStation, but I just uh, was, uh, I had, I had uh, gone all in on the N64, so I just had to, like, observe this Metal Gear Resident Evil Final Fantasy VII phenomenon from the side. And then, you know, Final Fantasy VII got a PC port my, like, senior year of high school, so I got to play that. But the others, it was just like, all right, well, I'm just never going to get to play these. And then didn't get to play them until I was well into adulthood. I guess I'm the odd one out because whenever I played Metal, I watched Metal Gear. I was like five. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I just remember seeing like the Metal Gear stuff and not really knowing anything about it. And then uh, when I was in college, you started getting the um, the Tom those Tom Clancy games uh, that are kind of not Metal Gear ish, but kind of the Sam Fisher. I can't remember what those are called. <laughs> Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell. Yeah, Splinter Cell started coming out when I was in college, and I was like, "Oh, so this is just like the, I thought it was like the same thing," because I got I got the second Splinter Cell game, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is okay. This I this is what Metal Gear was." I bet. No, <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> a lot more. Yeah, same type of genre, but uh, yeah, tried they tried to cement it more in realism than MGS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no realism in MGS. So. <laughs> yeah, barely. I mean, they they reference a lot of real things, like even in this game that uh, that one treaty that mm-hmm. what's it called uh, the that start. start oh, they, they talk about the start treaty. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a history teacher and a prof and a professor, and I uh, my my specialty of research is the U.S. and the Cold War. So I'm like oh. super. Yeah. So I'm you like I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, that is awesome. Yeah, and it's accurate what they're saying at the end too. All of it is. Hal's dad and or Otacon's dad made the. Help make the nitrogen bomb. I think is a plot point too, or grandpa. Yes. Interesting. Grandfather, I think, because I want to say yeah. his father worked is in Peace Walker. His father. Yes, was in Peace his father's in Peace Walker. Yeah. Okay, I've uh, never played Peace Walker for very long, unfortunately. So his one of my grandfather yeah. dropped like one of the first what the Manhattan kind of thing, the one of the yeah, nitrogen Project. bombs. Like they tested it out, and then his father was the one that developed, you know, furthered that research or something like that. Something like that. Okay. I mean, there's so much, so many, you know, ties in this game and story things that story beats that keep going throughout the series. So I am not a big fan of the like the tank fight that you happen shortly after this. You get you after you have to go and call Meryl to get her to unlock a door while you can't progress in the game. And then you fight a tank. And this fight is fine. Like, I did, well, I did it very easy. So I just throw a chaff grenade and throw grenades. Right. But I like the fact that the grenades just kind of like home in on them. If you throw them in the right direction, they just go there anyway. Like there was no yeah. missing. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine if you had to go in first person and lob them in there? I would have shot him in the head then. That would be rough. I wouldn't have done it. I would have been, okay, I guess headshots now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, is, it, it is hard, though, because the guys have, like, a machine gun. And even with the chaff grenade, you aren't getting shot by the tank gun, but the machine gun is still, you know, can still shoot at you yeah. while it's chaffed. Did you know you can also, you can stop the tank temporarily by throwing a grenade under it or by putting claymores in front of it? I never, I, I, did, I shot the tank by accident on the tread to stop it because I hit it with a grenade because I missed. Yeah. I, I never. No, I, I so w- one of my strategies in both versions is I like run in front of it and drop a claymore behind me as I'm running and then it'll be stopped. And then it's just like, you can sit there and you can get in a lot of grenade hits while it's stuck before it starts going again. Oh. Yeah. I saved my claymores for a whole different boss fight. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I think I used a bunch of that also. Yeah. I did a lot of backtracking and getting extra ammo also, because like a lot of the ammo things respawn, especially in the armory. Well, you can, which is nice. Yeah, I did that a lot. So I was I was usually full up on almost everything. Can't can't you call Autocon for more ammo? He just gives you random ammo or 
He can do rations and ammo. Oh, does he really? Oh, I didn't. I didn't even realize that. I knew that you could call him and he would tell you where to find stuff. I didn't know that he would just give it to you through the thing. I guess they the the head cannon is that he's wearing the stealth suit, so he can just kind of go anywhere. Yeah, he says it in the cutscene, like when he shows you that he has stealth camo. He's like, oh, I can bring you whatever you need. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, I never used huh. that before. Yeah, I never I used just, that either. I just don't care. I forget. Very easy. I doubt you need it. You don't need it. Very easy. <laughs> <laughs> very easy. I, I mean, I was running out of M9 ammo, but that doesn't matter because I can just shoot with a pistol anyway. So, but I, I find that I found the silencer pretty quick. That's another thing that was interesting is how much of the stuff was in my brain from this game. A lot was still in my memory of where certain items were. Yeah. On the easy difficulty. There were some things I had completely forgotten, though. I had to look up. I could not remember where to get the sniper rifle. But you ask, you can, Otacon will tell you where to get it. I know they, they tell you where to get one whenever you, Mer- which I want to get to so badly. Whenever Meryl gets shot, uh, Colonel's oh. like, there, there's a, there's a trank sniper a little while back. Oh yeah. The trank sniper is new too. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. There was it's, no new, it's, it's new to this version. Yeah. And I got, I got both. I used the trank sniper a lot, but the, the good thing with the, the regular sniper rifle is you can take out cameras from long distance with it. This is after, because after you get done with the tank stuff, that's when you, you go down to where you meet Otacon for the first time. And the whole scene, like w- everything that goes on to that, like the whole part where you have to, this is when you have to do the Nikita missile down the, the doorway to shoot, sh- you know, shorten the computer. I mean, that was okay. I mean, yeah. I'm very easy, yeah. easy because I didn't have any issues. But like I said, with the it? chaff grenade, it's not bad. If you don't have the chaff <laughs> grenade, then it's a real prop. It can be kind of annoying. You have to kind of hug the wall with it. Yeah, I can see that being annoying. That, that helps a bit. And then it's also the hole you have to go through in the between the glass doors is really hard to see that it's even there. It just looks like you're going to fly right into a window till right till you're right on top of it. So you just kind of have to remember, oh, there's a there's an opening in in the middle of this that you can't really see very well. It's like it's a cool scene that only serves one purpose. I mean, the key to only serves that one purpose in this entire game. Well, well cool that it's there. It's useful in some other places, but yeah, oh. I guess that's the only place. Raven, right? It's only, yeah, it's really useful. Well, it can be useful with Raven, um, though the sniper rifle's even easier with Raven. But I could not do the sniper rifle with Raven at all. Yeah, you just watch the radar and wait till he. You see that he's like halfway down from you, and then you can shoot him in the back of the head, and then just immediately switch off and roll out of the way. Uh, okay. Or you can just leave claymores everywhere and let him just get blow himself up, or C four <laughs> and blow him up remotely with the C four. I just you, know, you got a lot of options. Yeah, I use claymores. <laughs> I shot him in the back with stingers. With stinger missiles? Yep. Yeah, that's how that's how I was taught to beat him. Wait, do you have? This, I thought you really. get the stinger after him. No, you oh, get it before him because he's oh, right okay. at the end. Oh, okay. Rich, what were you gonna say about Vulcan Raven? No, that's that's actually one of the more preferred easy ways of doing it is with a stinger. Oh, it's wow. great. You just, I mean, it's funny to me because well, you, well, we can talk about Vulcan Raven real quick. Like when you fight Vulcan Raven later in the game, like in the cut scene in the twin snakes version, before you fight him, it shows you, he has a stinger, you shoot the stinger at him. And it's like the game just tells you in the cutscene, yeah, you're going to want the stinger. Yeah, it never even occurred to me to use the stinger. Against it, it's amusing because you, you literally, you have to just watch him, make sure he's not facing you. You just shoot a rocket at his back. Yeah. Well, the, the uh, Nikita works, but it, I don't know why it was like going so slow, even if I wasn't turning it. It didn't speed up in this game like it does in other games. Not well enough. And the thing I liked about it in the first game is you can switch it to third person when you have the Nikita. So you can, that makes it so much easier in that fight to not be yeah. in first person during it. In this game, like I want to say normally in games when you use the Nikita, 
and you shoot it and you stay in the same direction, it speeds up. In this game, I don't think it did. Well, it, it does a little. It does, but it's just not enough. Not noticeable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not but, enough, uh, to, like you were saying, to make a difference. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I didn't use it much against him in this version, mainly because I would I couldn't catch up to him with it. I would have to be like almost right on top of him to hit him with it. I, I still love the Vulcan Raven fight. I love the fight. You yeah. fight this giant guy that's carrying a Gatling gun on his back. Yeah. <laughs> You can third person the Nikita in the original. Oh, okay. Not in this one, but in, in the in Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation, you can third person the Nikita, and then that makes that fight trivial. So I guess the Stinger <laughs> also does. I guess the Stinger does also. I never even thought it's, to use the Stinger. It's one of those me. fights that it's just it's very over the top, but it's very cool still. I mean, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. He speeds up real fast when you get near death, though, on him. Yeah. He was starting to run. I'm like, this. Okay, when you get him down to, to like 25%, he's just like sprinting. At that point, that was when I started just like putting C4 behind me and I would run from him and then just remote detonate, remote <laughs> detonate, remote detonate. And I, yeah, that, that he just runs right into that C4 over and over again. Or, or the Claymores, same thing. But the Claymores take longer to, to deploy, I think. Yeah, they're not as fast. You have to well, you have to turn around too because they you put them facing away from you, you know, as is accurate. So, but I, I guess he'll run over. Them. But uh, we skipped we skipped Gray oh, Fox. Yeah, yes. Great. So I I love Gray the Fox. Gray Fox fight. Gray Fox he died in Zanzibar. Did he? Well, he didn't, of course. But I don't even remember Middle Gear Two in Zanzibar when you fight him. I can't even remember it. But I've never, I mean, I've never played it, so I was, I was always just like playing this is like I'm like get it. It's you know people are referring to things that I've never heard of. I'm just like creating this like mysterious most, world for me. Most people didn't at this time because at the at yeah. this time it didn't even come to America. The original one never did, so yeah. you wouldn't have known it. Yeah, you wouldn't known that Zanzibar land has poisonous hamsters. But hey, you know, <laughs> somebody um, that joke. I, I did not. I did not. Uh, there's did there's not a room that. in Metal Gear 2 where you have to do something special because there are hamsters that will come out and eat you and kill you instantly. <laughs> oh, really geez. stupid. That's insane. Yeah, yes. I forgot what you have to do, but you have to do something to get past this one room to get a key or something. Yeah. You can listen to our Metal Gear 2 episode after this. <laughs> we talk about it in there. But no, like everything with the Gray Fox. Like the, so when I was a kid and I saw the scene with, with Otacon where Otacon pisses himself, I'm like, oh, what a wuss. <laughs> now I'm like, that's completely normal. If I had some guy standing above me with a sword pointing towards my neck and I just had witnessed, you know, I would be pissing myself too. So oh, let's, let's yeah. not forget the, the slaughter that just occurred. Oh, God. Right that's yeah. Oh, man, the that, coolest scene in the game. Yes. yes. That, I mean, that is like at the end of Rogue One when Darth Vader comes in that hallway. That's exactly like, what I thought about. Yeah. That is, yes. I, I, I had not played it since seeing Rogue One and I did that and I was like, oh, this is like Rogue One. This is like so extremely like what he does. So it's the whole tone of the game has changed. Like you hear things whispering in the background. It's one oh, of the yeah. most brutal scenes in this game, too. Like, I mean, it, it's brutal in the PS1, but seeing on the GameCube with the better graphics of just walking down that hallway and just seeing people just getting massacred by an invisible, an invisible thing. Yeah. You can't Imagine really if they did like a full like PS5 level remake of this game. Like There's they would have to tone that scene down. It's we're supposed halfway to be there. Yeah, yeah, we're halfway there. Are they actually yeah. making it on PS5? Like, has that been official announced yet? Uh, it's been officially canceled twice. Okay. <laughs> There's like two fan games that were coming out. One of them was actually voiced by David Hayter, and they like Konami got the big band hammer and went no. Okay, well, I know. Maybe there was we'll talk. maybe we'll get to see it on a pachinko machine someday. Don't say that. Please don't. Say that. <laughs> I know there was talk of it getting re-released for PS5. 
like they want to remake it, but I don't know if I couldn't. I couldn't. I've heard rumors. I didn't know if that was ever officially announced or not. I wonder what else they'll retcon. <laughs> yeah, I mean Konami. They're like, oh, Kojima. He never made these games. Never heard of them. You know. Uh, well, maybe they'll give Meryl her red hair back. I like Meryl so much in this game. But like, so after that hallway, like that. Okay, for one, that hallway is just so awesome. Like it's it creeped yeah. me out a little. I mean, I knew it was coming, of course, but it's still kind of creepy. It's like, damn, just and you just walk down this hallway and then you get to the the boss fight with Gray Fox and. I, you know, this is a fight where you can get completely screwed up if you don't do it right. Because if you try to shoot him, he just blocks all your bullets. You have to un, you have to unequip your gun and punch him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm assuming the game will tell you through codec calls or something or hints where it's like, you know, like, oh, we're going to fight like men now. And you start punching Yeah. Him. I'm pretty sure that, like, if you keep trying to shoot him, that Campbell will call you and be like, hey, stop trying to shoot him. If I recall correctly from the original. But yeah, it's it's interesting because once you know how to do it, it's like really easy. Yeah, you just have to you have to remember you have to know like that. Okay, when you knock him down, then you have to back up because when he jumps up, he's like invulnerable and will hit. And it's the same thing with the final fight in the game is very similar. It's a it's a fun fight. And then as you as you beat him down, you have the part where he kind of runs away, and then he'll go in different parts of the of the room and wait for you. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. Like yeah, I, I was that, that fight kind of throws you off though because up until that point the game trains you to use your items and your gadgets to your advantage to move yeah. on to the next step and now you're forced to draw back and pull back and actually use your fist to do something and progress so i mean yeah it's it is a bit of a, a shock once you figure it out oh that's common sense but then again you've been trained otherwise yeah. can you can you use stun grenades against him you can use chaff grenades Chaff grenades, right? Uh, so I was thinking that when I the very first time I ever played it on the on the PS One that uh, I used chaff grenades against him. I didn't this time. I just I, I also don't remember him being that easy to see when he was camouflaged. And I don't know if it's because I'm playing on you know 50 inch television in you know H you know HD like Dolphin emulator set to like upscale and all that it's or the what GameCube. is it? Because yeah, I, I was gonna say, because you, I could see him clearly whenever he was standing there, camouflage. I'm like, I, I see you. You're not. <laughs> this isn't working. Because I played it on a on a lap. I played on my laptop on Dolphin, but I didn't like update anything. I just played Dolphin regular, I guess. Yeah. And it, he's not hard to see. And from what I remember in the original GameCube version, he's not hard to see either. Like they fixed yeah. that. They didn't, well, I mean, not fixed, but again, it's one of those things that people probably would complain about because they changed. It. Yeah, I could see. I could see that. I guess. So I, well, no, I have I, everything I, I, I related to Otacon more because <laughs> like, I know when I was a kid, I used to make fun. I'm like, oh, what a dumbass. He hides in the locker. Like, hell, I would have hide in the locker, too. If someone just started, you know, like two people about to massacre each other. Like, I'm not going to sit out there and help. Now, to like, be fair, it is like one of his Japanese animes. <laughs> God, I don't he think I would tell. Just like one of my Japanese animes. Oh, my Japanese anime. Awesome. <laughs> Call me Otacon. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Enter Otaku oh. Convention. I was reading oh, through the, the changes. They changed the what they show whenever he talks about anime also. Oh, what is it? So in the original, they show footage from Police Knots. And yeah. in this one, they show footage from Zone of the Enders, Second Runner. Zone of the Enders, there we go. Yeah. How awkward was um, in, the, in the locker when he gets out and snake goes up? He's like, are you an otaku? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, now I chalk it up to suffering trauma of what just happened so you end up like you're just saying something that you're trying to relate but it's still dumb <laughs> but there's a gamecube in this room too like on the, one of the desks there's someone has a gamecube and there's oh, mario there's and the, yoshi yep. yeah and, and you can uh, on those damn things uh-huh if you, if you shoot the yoshi it makes the yoshi sound if you shoot yeah. the mario it makes the like one up sound and it pops up a little one up and you get healed <laughs> oh okay. yeah yeah 
was a little little uh, Easter egg there. So That's of course cool. I did it, and I was at like ninety percent health. So it, but but still, yeah, it, like I think it fully heals you when you do it. That's cool. That's so cool. you could theoretically, if you're having a hard time with that boss fight because you're playing on very hard or something, you could just shoot the Mario whenever you need health. Okay. That's cool. I didn't. I saw them. I didn't shoot them this time because I was just yeah. playing through the game quickly. Well, it's something, and it's something that even if it had existed in the original, you wouldn't be able to. It would be really hard to do because you're yeah. the first person yeah. now. So it's like with, with the first person, I'm just like looking around, seeing what can I do with this. No, you can break windows in this room too. Like you can, he mm-hmm. can kill, kick things, and he broke doors for me and stuff while we were fighting. Yeah. You can break mirrors in like the bathrooms and stuff too. <laughs> they added a lot of destructible things you can destroy like some of the, like the laser grid things the emitters on the walls and a lot of stuff is it, not all of them but some of them is it after the, after the gray fox fight is when you have to go find meryl right yes yeah okay this that's when so i did this a little different differently i went to the room where meryl was but i wasn't sure which one was meryl so what i did is i saved then i shot her in the face <laughs> and then she died i'm like oh that's meryl then i reloaded and then i didn't kill her it's like <laughs> You're talking about when she's dressed as one of the soldiers. Yeah, you can you can tell. You, you just follow her into the the, the women's no, bathroom. What I did is oh. I ran in front of her after I shot her and reloaded, knew it was her. It she goes and then she runs to the bathroom and I followed her to the bathroom. Oh. Yeah, so I already knew what to do there. So I just like stood, you know, I like, sat in a box outside the ladies' bathroom until she came in. Because that's, that's, that's the thing first. is there's a men's bathroom on the left and a women's on the right, and she's the only one that'll go into the women's. In the original, then you go in and you have to like peep on her in the stall. But in this one, it's like a <laughs> she's like waiting for you. In fact, I think she gets the drop on you. I think she like steps up behind you or something. Yes, because she puts seat. her boot in the in the stall. So he goes to the stall, opens the door because you know he's a perv, and yeah. then that's when she then tricks him because she put the uniform there and he was tricked. Yeah, there's so, so many they're showing that she's game. growing. Yeah, there's so many times in this game where if somebody would just pull the damn trigger on Snake, he would have died a long oh. time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because they want him alive. I think that's why. Well, they need him because they need him. They, he has the key. I think at some point it comes yeah. up between somebody that he has the key to activate Metal Gear, and they don't, and they know that. Well, so they're just here's the thing, him. though. Like during all those fights and everything that he's going through, he could easily die. One bullet, he's done. Like this guy is fighting mm-hmm. a tank. One of those shells hit him. He should be yeah. done for. So they're they're. They're prepared for him to die. They don't. They want him to live. They kind of want to get him to a certain point. I know Liquid would love to confront him, which he eventually does. But even if he died, oh well, we'll just get whatever key or, or items and everything he has on him and go from there. Well, the, the way I took it is that like some of the characters, like Vulcan, is like he's insane. Like they're not really they're not really doing a great job as as minions of Liquid Snake. Like I think Liquid is trying to corral these like insane genome soldiers who are all dying is like trying to you know herd cats kind of is the impression i get sometimes right well i mean the the rest of fox on they're not genome soldiers right so oh i guess oh yeah no. i guess not no you're yeah. right. just they're people not. The, but they're the still team. incredibly insane yeah they're all like, they're all crazy yeah like when when that scene came on uh the torture scene and then ocelot's in there uh sniper wolf I, I can't remember if anybody else was in there but she's she leaves like she smells snake and gives him a Drag and handkerchief and stuff and smells them and leaves. Scratches them. Yeah, Ocelot is yeah, she like marks them or whatever. She marks them like now now you are my prey or yeah, whatever. Ocelot explains like oh you know she falls in love with a lot of her targets and then she kills them. It's like what the fuck? Shouldn't, <laughs> yeah. shouldn't she be Mantis instead? Like she she kills all her 
the people she loves. Like it, it got really weird at that point with her. But mm-hmm. her death scene, I think, was one of the most emotional, more touching scenes of the entire day. It really was, and I like the the touch. Like I, I like the that she's uh, Kurdish. Yeah, they, they which had, is they is, re- is really cool because yeah, the Kurds are a you know they're a ethnically Arab, uh, but traditionally they're they're religiously speaking they're like um, kind of descendants of like Zoroastrianism, and so which in turn means that they they have more kind of like uh, as you say equality be- between gender. So like the Kurdish oh. rebels who like the Kurdish rebels fighting you know who like fought against Saddam Hussein and all that in northern Iraq. You would see like footage of them and stuff, and it's like men and women wearing, you know, like carrying, you know, AKs and stuff, fighting side by side against the Ira- against the Iraqi army and stuff, and against the Turk against the Turks and all that. And so I think like it actually fits. It fits that you this badass female sniper would be Kurdish. That's like one of the countries where, or one of the civilizations where women actually do fight side by side with the men. Well, let me ask you this too, because they, they he mentions that she's a Kurd, and then he says. Something uh, in regards to, oh, that's why you're a wolf or something like that. Is What's that correlation? I don't know. I assume <laughs> that that's like a, I assume that there's like lots of wolves in Kurdistan or in the Kurdish, Kurdish areas. I, I, I don't know. I didn't have enough time to look it up. I was trying, but I was like, oh, I'm going to have to dig really deep for this one. But I thought it was maybe something cultural or religious related with wolves that that he chose to mention that. But yeah, I, I might have to look that up. Yeah, no, I don't know. Like what I know about the Kurds is really mostly how it relates to like the Cold War and how the U.S., the CIA, it kind of used them as kind of a, a wedge against uh, Iran and Iraq during the Cold War. So what but, CIA using people? I can't believe that. <laughs> so that could yeah. that could be two things. Either wolves don't see gender, which might be a thing. Mm, okay. Yeah, that or. Technically, because whenever Snake sees the wolves, they're not wolves; they're wolf dogs, which kind of makes them like expendable. And I guess since oh. hurt, yeah, so maybe that's what it is. Oh, that's okay. interesting. Yeah, but it, it but the Kurdish thing also like fits with the idea of her being born on a battlefield because the Kurds have been fighting for their independence for like 500 years. Oh, okay. So, so th- that could be a very interesting podcast as well, like Metal Gear symbolism and just digging. Oh yeah, things like that. I'd love to get into that podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that might happen. Ideas for you, buddy. <laughs> but with that scene, with her dying, you know, they actually show her point of view, her first person view, and you see the Aurora uh, Borealis in the oh, background yeah. too. I thought that was so striking too. Just to even just to throw that little little uh, touch in there. It really is. It's also a great boss fight. Let's talk about Sniper Wolf since we're already there anyway. Now, yeah. like, I I yeah. love it. Like I don't like the end fight as I've kind of mentioned before on here, but I love this fight. I mean, you're in an open area. She's shooting back and forth. I did try to shoot her with a stinger because I know you can. You can. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, I'm going to fight her with a stinger because I like stingers for some reason in this game. I didn't. I ended up just sniping her. But it's just it's such a cool fight, too. And like, it's just it's fun. Really good. So, okay. I, I didn't try, but can you take her out with the tranquilizer rifle or do you have to use this? Like you can trank her. Yeah, you can trank. You can trank all the bosses. And what happens? I mean, does she still die at the end? They all die. They all still die. Ah. Yeah. But I think they drop dog tags, right? I'm not sure. I think so. I only got one set of dog tags by accident when I was fighting Liquid and I punched him off the middle here and he catches himself and then he I got dog tags. I'm like, oh yeah, there's dog tags in this game. But I I got I got a couple from shaking guys, but um, that was the only boss one I got was Liquid. If you go back to Raven, Raven's dog tags are sitting on the ground whenever he gets eaten by burbs. (laughs) (laughs) But But yeah, Sniper Wolf is a cool fight. I like that if you're 
if if you're sniping at her, you know, got the scope and you look right at her as she's aiming at you, then her laser sight like washes out your vision because it's hitting you, it's hitting your <laughs> scope. Yeah. It's like little touches like that. Like sometimes that was actually like I was like I couldn't figure out where she was at and I would like be moving the thing around until my thing would flash and like, oh there she is. She's everything with her, like the whole fact like Otacon falls in love with her. Can love bloom on a battlefield? Like all that <laughs> stuff. I think is it's dumb in the way they do it, but I think it's good too because it's you want it Stockholm syndrome in a way where he's falling in love yeah. with one of his captors. It also fits into his whole kind of like you know, kind of pathetic nerd thing because, like, yeah. I don't think she has that feeling about yeah, him at no, all. No, no, and she is hot, so. Like, I'm not sure if she does. She even know who he is. No, I, she does not acknowledge him in that whole conversation. Like, he is behind <laughs> her sobbing, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Snake, please let me see the warrior Bialis one more time." And Alcon's like, "No, please don't die, wolf!" And she's just straight up ignoring him. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Rich? <laughs> well, she's like, well, he kind of said it already. Like, she's not acknowledging him. <laughs> like, she wanted to snake. She was like, please, snake, just blow my brains out. Like, she didn't want to hear Otacon anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my my son was watching me. He was like playing. We have two TVs in our living room, and so he was playing something on the Nintendo Switch on the other TV while I was playing this part. And the cutscene came, and I just like didn't realize he was just sitting there watching it intently. And it, she's like, <laughs> that part comes up. I'm like. I don't know if you need to see this. It's getting a little grim. Like, we're talking about really absurd stuff, and since we're on Sniper Wolf, I completely forgot that cutscene happens on the first Sniper Wolf boss fight. They stare at that laser from the sniper rifle for a solid fucking minute at Meryl. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I could see Meryl looking at it and being confused, but what could Snake have thought it was other than that? Like, he just yeah. sees it. He's like, hmm, a laser. Hey, he's not a very good soldier. pointed at your heart. That's weird. Laser, <laughs> so, later, laser pointers were pretty popular at that time. He's <laughs> like, could that laser pointer be coming from? What is that? It goes it over her whole body, and she it even, does. like, twiddles it between her fingers and you're just like get out of the way please. yeah i was like is she gonna get shot in the hand that's gonna be gruesome <laughs> okay that whole scene when the first time you see sniper wolf and like and she shoots meryl meryl be dead okay no question you take oh, three yeah. sniper shot one to your arm two to your legs you're not gonna get i don't think they can just patch you back up when you take in that kind of a slug yeah, right, no, so. um, I, I have a friend who's, uh, he's a Marine and he served in Iraq and, uh, in Afghanistan in our most recent forays there. And he talked about seeing someone get hit with a sniper rifle in the arm. And it just was like, they got hit with like a tank cannon. Like, yeah. it's just like, it hits the arm and it's just like, like, it says, like, he says, if you're standing close to where someone gets hit with one, like just the shockwave of it can be dangerous. Like the idea that you would get shot three times, like, I don't, yeah, this it's pretty absurd. What were you going to say, Rich? She's getting the laser pointed at her, and she's using Sniper Wolf's using Meryl as bait to get to lure Snake out. He's already kind of out in the open at that point. Yeah. She could have just popped him. So I don't that I didn't get too good. I felt like they should have had him in an area where she couldn't really like easily see him, and that's why she used her as bait. But I, I didn't get that too much. Well, I think the the way I kind of like make it make sense in my head at least is I'm like that she wants to toy with him. She wants to give him a fighting chance, and so she wants to toy with him and see what will he do if she wounds somebody. Will he, will he be professional and stay back, or will he will he put himself in danger to rescue her? That's kind of how I look at it. Is so it she's, there she's was like that, to... that point where he did put himself in danger again, where he's just blindly shooting his handgun around the corner, where he could have got hit again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. 
I didn't sniper, get that. Sniper wolf thought. Well, that could have been done better. Yeah, that's true. That whole that whole thing could be. And the the big thing is then you leave Meryl bleeding out in this hallway to go backtrack halfway through the game, almost to the very beginning of the game. And like you it's said, like, oh, yeah, I'll be right back. The devastation from all that, from that rifle. And yet she didn't bleed out by the time we got back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's really funny. Cause it's like, I mean, they could have given you a timer. That would have been, that, that would have like really up the difficulty if they give you like a Merrill bleeding out timer. Well, yeah. In my, get back. in my head, I remember there being one, but when I played this, I found out there isn't one. Yeah. No, there's, there's nothing. So it's, it's like, you could just, you know, I mean, I went back to the armory and like, like refilled on my, on grenades and C4 and stuff. And I went and got the Trank rifle and the sniper rifle and went and found like where there's extra sniper rifle ammo somewhere in one of the secret rooms in the armory and just all that stuff. Yeah. Then again, we're took my time complaining about realism and logic in a game where a guy floats around an office room and reads your memory cards. <laughs> so, yeah, we should we should talk about the Psycho Manus fight like this. Oh, yeah. still, I, I was annoyed because I so I was playing an emulator and I didn't want to switch controllers because I was I just <laughs> didn't want to bother with because you can do it on on the emulator. You just have to go in the settings and reconfigure stuff. And I didn't want to do that. So I didn't bother. And like in this fight, if you do it the other way, you have to literally die three or four times. And then after you do that, then you have the ability to shoot out the statues or one statue in particular that then lets you actually be able to hit him. Otherwise, if you don't, he dodges all your bullets. Wait, what? You never do that? No, I just switched it. In the well, yeah, in the PS1 version, the you can yeah. just shoot out the statue. But in the GameCube version, I think you have to maybe in the PS1 version, too. I didn't try this, but in the GameCube version, you have to die three to four times. And then eventually when you call Campbell, he'll tell you, shoot out the statue. It gives him his powers. Somehow. The 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 statue that's like shaped like a person. Yes, on the right side. There's two uh, of them, but only one actually matters. Huh. I think it's wearing his mask. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that's yeah, no, I've, I've only every time I've ever done this fight, I've just switched the controllers. So it's a good thing they threw it in there because you gotta like think about the people whose controller ports didn't work in the <laughs> second one or the fourth <laughs> one or whatever. Well, so. I'm yeah. curious, like how many, like what was it like playing this, like when it came out for those of you, you that played it. Did you On the understand? Game version, you have to literally put it in each one because of the fourth one, and he finally stops reading you. Well, right, and that was what I did. But I mean, like when you were a kid playing this game, whether you're playing the original or this one, did you know to do that? Did the game no. tell you to do it? No, not immediately. No, yeah, I think they do eventually on Kodak if you're having trouble. But initially, no, they don't tell you that. Yeah, so I have the unfortunate that I, you know, I didn't play. I was in my early 30s before I played Metal Gear games, and so like I just like had spent you know, years and years hearing about this stuff. So I've never gone into it fresh. Oh, no, this, that was uh, that was a new an, again, like a new thing you've never seen before. Not only is this guy outing off the games you played on your damn computer. Yeah. How do you know that shit? And then now you got to switch to another port that I was, I never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Or did he, you know, tells you to put the controller on the ground and then makes it move. That would have blown my mind as like a little kid. Oh, yeah. Put yeah, it on yeah. the ground and it starts moving. I would have been like, what? Or there's one part later on in the game, like, oh, you're hurt, Snake. Put the controller against your arm. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, well, here's, here's the that, when, when the first one came out, the original one, I don't even think they had a rumble feature in those controllers yet. So I don't they think don't, they, they had it in the it's in the DualShock. And yeah, so that's if you're a, playing with the DualShock, that uh, still does, because I played it PS1 with the DualShock and it does do the, oh, the vibration. Okay. Yeah. I want to say the original PlayStation one also does the weird like, oh, if your TV's unplugged. Oh yeah, it does. Yep. That is it pops up. It says like it says I think 
for the input on this one, it said Kojima, but Kideo. Uh, I, I felt, oh, Kadeo, Kadeo, instead yeah. of video. Oh, ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice, nice. Kadeo instead of video. I didn't even get that till just now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that fourth wall breaking stuff. Like when you're being tortured and Revolver Ocelot like says uh, no rapid fire setting or something like or no <laughs> auto know. fire. Yeah, or I'll know. Or I'll know. No, and in this version, he actually looks at the camera when he says it too. There'll be no I, continues either. Oh god, yeah. The whole torture thing is, an, I don't like it. Like it's easy on very easy, just, but I don't. I mean, again, I, I think it's cool that you can you can skip it depending on which ending you're going for. If you can submit, and then Mara will die, and then you get the the different ending, or you can go through it and Mara will survive. Like I thought that was cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd ever actually saved Meryl before this playthrough. Oh, <laughs> when I played I never, it before, I let I her die. Let her die. Yeah, I let her die because I've only I've played through the original twice and I let her die in both both times on accident the first time and then the second time it's like <laughs> whatever, who cares? And so I I knew that letting her live it would change things, but I didn't like the ending sequence is like different, which is interesting. Well, like, the demo is way cooler. So oh yeah, I've it's actually never cool. seen the ending with Otacon because I I always say Meryl. I can't let the the three times well, I've beaten this game I always say Meryl. Well, the ending with Otacon makes the beginning of Metal Gear Solid Two make sense. There's also like the best Easter egg in Metal Gear ever. Which one? I will save it till the end. Oh, okay. Save it till the end. Yeah, there I will save go. it till the end. <laughs> so the whole torture thing, like you just have to tap the action or tap A, like when they're just electrocuting him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is better than having him get choked by a tentacle in the second game with the torture <laughs> So I prefer this. Yeah, yeah. But it's still just. I don't know. It's it's not a part I like. I mean, the cell is interesting. How you're locked in the cell, and there's a couple different ways to get out. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I did the ketchup trick where the guy brings you a ketchup yeah. bottle and you lay down mm-hmm. and put the bottle. I, have you ever done the Gray Fox version? No. Yeah. So if you just sit in the cell long enough, I don't know how long it is. I think it's several minutes. Then Gray Fox will just come and uh, kill the guard and let you out. Well, he killed Johnny Sasaki. That, that's not canon. Yeah, that's yeah. not canon at all. Oh yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, I just read about it. I've never done it because I think you have to sit, leave it sitting for a long time. Yeah, I don't have patience for that. But, yeah, I, I do I, like. How... I usually do the. I do the catch up. I think I one time I just hid under the bed, and then yeah. the other other two times I done the catch up. I like the fact that Johnny's just like, like that bitch stole my clothes, and I got this cold. <laughs> <laughs> he just sneezes. <laughs> so as as much as I'd hate to admit it, and if <laughs> if I ever come back for the other Metal Gear episodes, hopefully, Mike, <laughs> if if y'all played three, Digant is. The DARPA chief. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, we did play three. We did three a while, uh, some point ago, but yeah, we yeah, did a long time yeah, y'all, so, y'all, yeah. y'all did a three episode a long time ago. That's a good game, man. <laughs> yeah, three is three's my favorite in the series. Three is my favorite. We're working towards four, is what I'm slowly working towards because that's going to be a monster. So, got to do a Revengeance episode. That, too. That's a good game. That's yeah. a great game. Oh, okay. I, I enjoyed it, so. <laughs> I <can't remember. laughs> But like there, I don't just the whole thing. Like it, it's amusing how the different ways you get out of the cell, and then you go and get your equipment back, which is funny because you go and pick up the box, and he runs behind the torture machine, comes out, and he's all dressed again. Yeah, he goes by and it's like, <laughs> like sound of him like zipping up real fast. Except this makes more sense that you still have your codex, and your codex is essentially in your ear where you're being tortured. This makes more like in three, they let him keep his radio. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe you might want to have a call before we kill you, so you can keep your radio. We'll let you keep the radio. This makes more sense. Like this, I can understand because yeah. it's in his in his body. Yeah, they they tied up a few little loose ends like that in this version. So th- that amused me. But so like after the whole torture scene, I think we covered. Oh, we should go back to Manus real quick. Like during the Manus fight, where he actually like, he controls Meryl. 
I think that was kind of cool. You have to like you, I tried. I was punching her. And I'm like, I'm like, why am I punching? Her? I just went and tranked her instead. And I took care of the problem a lot faster. Yeah. Stun grenades. Also, every time she stands oh. up, just stun grenade. I, I the manus fight annoyed me, but it was it was fine. And the yeah, way yeah, that I would yeah. the way that I would die during the manus fight because I didn't. I'm on very easy, so it took a while to kill me. I would just throw grenades at Meryl. <laughs> take care of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, it's again it's one of those fights that knowing how to do it ahead of time it's like really easy but if you don't then it's then it can i can see why it would it is uh well the first time i did it i had a hard time with it and there's a couple parts that we still have to talk about one we have the the tower climb which i don't like still where you run up the tower being chased by guys the entire time so i i want to mention something about the tower that's really funny because there's like two things that happened metal gear this week by the way that's brand new but uh hey carrie Mm -hmm. your son wasn't in the room for the for the mantis fight was he no no because like no. I, always, I always think about like being a kid like you always have weird stuff happen as a kid but like imagine your mom walking by and she just hears like make love to me snake forever <laughs> it's like oh man yeah like a 15 year old boy have it happen on your gamecube it's like i'm gonna get grounded yeah exactly oh yeah i forgot about that yeah, well, she didn't get a, she didn't get a chance to talk very long before bullets went in her head. So <laughs> I say, yeah, that is I guess as a benefit of uh, when I was a kid, about as racy as games got was uh, Peach inviting Mario over for some special cake. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but anyways, back to my original topic. They somehow HD remastered the entire Metal Gear Two trailer, and it looks amazing. Ooh! And they just found after twenty something years, they found a, another glitch that people are now going to abuse. For speed runs for the original Metal Gear Solid, because some streamer found it, she was playing Metal Gear for no reason, and it's on the tower climb. And when you get to the door where Otacon tells you, "Oh, it's frozen shut. You can't do anything about it," she turned around and got shot, phased through the door. Oh, <laughs> so interesting. Behind D fight, then, right? Yeah, you can actually just go to the other tower and just climb up the high D fight. It stays oh, like two yeah, minutes. Oh yeah, because you repel. Okay, you go up the first tower, then the high D blows, shoots at you, then you repel down, which is annoying. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. cool. That's really neat. Yeah, and then you can open the door from the other side with C four, but you can't yeah. open it from the inside of C four. So. Which yeah. I did just because. But that that okay that that's cool. I oh. I heard about that. I didn't really understand what it was because I didn't pay attention, but I heard about it like online. Yeah, I love watching speedruns and seeing like the crazy stuff people figure out, mm-hmm. the community figures out together like that. That's really neat. Speedruns are so weird. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. Just the what people go through to do it, like and what you have, the way you play a game is it's so interesting to me. But yeah, I'll say I've watched a speedrun of this of this game but not uh of the uh oh no of the gamecube version but not um not with the with that new glitch so i don't know if it would work on the gamecube version or not it doesn't work, it doesn't work on the gamecube version it's only on the playstation one ah okay. yeah that's cool I, the hind d fight i think is a, like i like the fact they give you the stinger right before the hind d fight like here you're gonna you're gonna need this but yeah it's it's kind of a, i mean this time when i played it i just stood still and tanked them because again i'm very easy but it's a cool fight that you're sitting here shooting rockets at a freaking, you know, helicopter that's circling around you trying to kill you on a tower. Like, it is cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And I mean, and that is what the stinger was made for, like, in real life. So it's like, oh, it feels feels realistic. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand. It how was made for shooting down Russian helicopters in particular, actually. I don't understand how Liquid survives after he, he's in the helicopter when it crashes, but he survives. Somehow, Man, but- I think I texted you when I beat the game. I was like, this guy, what, what did I say? <laughs> it was... I said something about it. He's just like, will not die. He, won't. Still, he will not like right up at the end of the game. My son was watching the end cuts and he's like, is he going to die yet? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, soon. I hope. I mean, he, to be fair, he, he doesn't. Like, yeah. 
That's true. He doesn't. Oh, I said he's like the Black Knight from Monty Python. That's what I said. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just tis but a scratch. Stinger missile. Tis but a scratch. (laughs) Uh, And then I think it's because, yeah, after the whole tower thing, we have Sniper Sniper Wolf, which we we already talked about. Oh, then. So one of the parts to me that this game is still stupid, but I understand the point, like the reasoning of it. Like when you get up, you get to Metal Gear finally and they're like, oh. You have the whole conversation where they're they're they, that they're that you know sneaky man doesn't you don't know he's there oh you know they don't see him creeping around the corner and they're like oh we activated Metal Gear oh too bad hope no one comes in here with a key to hit the buttons and deactivate it oh no and I hope they don't do it in this specific order you know it's it's heat sensitive keys and it's just like. Thanks for telling us everything. Good job. This is also when they reveal that they're not going to nuke civilians, that they're going to yes. nuke nuclear test site. This is, a, this is a part that really feels like padding. It it's does. Like it does. And then did you realize there's a way to skip all of it? Yes. And I, I looked it up and did it this time. But I used to walk through this whole How do you skip it? Uh, there is a, if you go on the far right, there's a walkway you can drop down to. And it's one of the ones where you have to you know hang and then yeah. drop and then grab the railing without or else you'll fall and die. Um, and on that walkway, then on the wall, there's a there's two pipes. One is blue, <laughs> one is red. You shoot the blue one, and it sprays, like, I guess, ni- liquid nitrogen and freezes the key. You shoot the red one, and it sprays, like, hot steam and makes the key hot. Okay. I, so then you, don't have to, you don't have to leave the, the Metal Gear room. That's cool. I knew I've it was in the game. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't know if it's in the original or not. Uh, is it just in this version? Yeah. yeah. It's not in the original, yeah. yeah. So that was... But again, like you would, if you didn't, like, I, I can't imagine you would find that on, on accident, you know, unless no, you wouldn't, you're just trying to hundred percent the game and, and get on every single walkway. Cause the walkway you drop down to, there's no items on it. So it's not like, you know, there's no real reason to get to it. You just, if you really explore, you notice there's one little catwalk that you can only get to by dropping to it. That's what I love about this game. That's why I think this is a great remake, even though I know people disagree. This is yeah. a great remake. Yeah. Well, it, it is a great remake. And they also, they made it in the original the only way to know that the key has gotten cold enough is to open up the inventory and go inspect the key so that the description of it says that it's cold or says that it's hot. And in this one, they made the key change color. Ah, so, you okay. know, that also. So that's that's another it's like little things like that. I think this is an excellent remake. Like, I think this is the best way to play this game. In the in the original, the rat also takes your key, right? It, it t- yes. But in the original, the rat like runs around the room and you have to like chase it down and find it. And then this okay. one, he just comes out the hole, goes back in, comes out the hole, goes back in. So it's way, you don't have to chase him through like the, I remember chasing him like in the water before. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to go in the water at all unless you want the items that are down there. I said, which is, I tried using claymores on him, but then I just blew myself up. So then I just shot him instead. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. I'm like, I'll put a claymore in front of the vent. And then I just blew myself up. I'm like, well, we're not doing that again. Then. Yeah. Didn't work. Yeah, we we uh, one thing we didn't talk about were the dogs, the wolf dogs. Oh yeah, no, we did not. So it's really annoying because you know you can uh, get them to pee on the box. <laughs> yes, and the, then the little they, one, right? And then they won't bother you while oh. you're in the box. But you have to take the box off to crawl through the little tunnels. And I kept like I would take the box off and immediately get because the thing is is if you if they're friendly to you, they sit there and stand like right on top of you. As soon as you take off the box, they and they jump on you. And they like, do a lot of damage, and they knock you down. And if you're if you're on your belly, they it makes you stand up. And so I was like, eventually, I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna use the box, then run from them real fast, turn around and tra- and trank dart them, so I can get through. I had to, I kept having to do that. I went through like four rations the first time. I like how you. I didn't know about that till later. Like the whole way to get the box 
like that. You have to go to where Mero is with a little puppy, punch Mero in the face, and switch the box. Yeah. In order for the puppy to pee in the box, in order so you can get that little that little thing to happen. Yeah. It'll also happen if you accidentally shoot her there, which I did. <laughs> which I did. I was going to punch her, and I pressed A instead and shot her. She's like, "Ah, what'd you do that for?" And I dropped into the box, and they still peed on me. So. Why didn't you just shrink them? I don't know. <laughs> I wanted to. I was like, "Oh, well, the peeing thing will work." And then, yeah, because it's funny that they pee on you, and then they like you. Yeah, it is amusing. And like after you get the three keys, which again, like I, I love how their whole plan, you know, measures on the fact that he's listening to their conversation, which they knew he was there, and he activates. He's like, "What? I deactivated Metal Gear. What's going on?" They're like, "Oh, you fell for our trap." <laughs> yeah, it's pretty convoluted. And I, and I think is this when you have a liquid tells you he's been Miller the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. And Snake can see him take off his glasses and put his hair down on the codec. So yeah. Wherever that, that visual is coming from. Yeah. <laughs> I never understood that. Well, because I never, I had at the time, I never played Metal Gear 1 or 2. So I'm like, who the hell is Miller anyway? Because he's like, oh, Miller, you were on my, you were on my previous missions. Like, I'm like, the fuck yeah, are you? I, I think it does a good job of like, if you've played the other games, then these will be really cool references. And if you haven't, we're building this like mysterious world. It does. It's a really, I think it does it like having, when I played the game for the first time, I did not know any of the backstory about it at all. I didn't know anything from the original games and playing it. And it just felt like, Oh, this is this interesting world. I want to know more about Foxhound. I want to know more about, you know, Miller and master and all this stuff. And, and I want to know more. It just like, it, it really does. I think do a good job of that world building with like kind of vague reference kind of style. But then if, again, if you have played them or if you've like me, just like read about them a lot, then it all like makes it all fits. And you're like, oh, that's neat. That's he's talking about this thing. I guess towards the end of this, I'll get kind of into a lot of that. If have you all played five, I have not. Okay, no, I, I have I've, I've read a bunch about it, but I haven't played it yet either. I'll, I haven't. I'll, I'll get in some stuff about five because it's a very interesting because uh, in Peace Walker and Metal Gear Solid five, he's Kazuhana, Kazu, Kaz, this Kaz, Kazuhiro. Kazuhira, thank you so much for it. He's a <laughs> Kazuhira Miller, who is a major character in Peace Walker and Five, and he's kind of the whole reason for revenge in Five. And then I remember back whenever it came, the game came out, people were like, "Wait, you're telling me Miller just dies off screen in Metal Gear One?" And it's like, "Yep," <laughs> and he's yeah, like yeah. a fan favorite too. That's funny. And I, I still enjoy the Metal Gear fight. I mean. I kind of I knew what to do, of course, because I've done this before. You just throw the chaff grenade, shoot the radar with the stinger, and then you get the whole yeah. gray fox cutscene. But it's still a fun yeah, fight. That, that gray fox cutscene is so awesome too. It's yeah, to it this is. Day. Oh man! I also it's... didn't. I don't know if I noticed before, but where he gets he has a, he has a gun arm now, where he thinks he's you know Mega, Mega Man or yeah or Mega Man. Yeah. Um, yes, Thomas. Yeah, yeah I love uh, the. This is again. My son was there, and I was like. I was like, oh, watch this cutscene. And we sat there and watched it. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is such a cool. And <laughs> yeah. then he's, sl- he's like, is he dead? And it, I'm like, yeah, I think he's dead. <laughs> I think he's dead now. Can I ask you guys a weird question? Yeah, what's up? Did you like my sunglasses? <laughs> People never believe a- me when I say all this absurd stuff about Metal Gear, like Snake backflipping off the Hind D missile to shoot it or baseball throwing yeah. a grenade into a tank. Yeah. And I reference that all the time. Where did you like my sunglasses? And it's like, did you not take? Don't tell me that's actually from Metal Gear. Like, no, it's in there. It doesn't make any yeah. sense, but it's in there. It's such a great disguise. It's, it's just like mm-hmm. you never recognize me with these sunglasses. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if he wears his sunglasses at night. He does. <laughs> he definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's so stupid. But and then like after you, you blow up the radar thing, he has to open Metal Gear, and then you just sh- you you shoot multiple stingers into his cockpit before he dies. And I'm I mm-hmm. you know I mean again video game being video game, but still I'm like you know I don't think he'd be okay when the first missile entered where you're sitting. But you know okay. In the original, whenever the cockpit opens and you fight him with the open cockpit, you can shoot him with the sniper rifle too. But they that's one of the I was reading the differences. That's one of the things they took out in this version in in this version the only way to damage him is with the stinger it was still cool like i i like metal gear i love i think rex has one of the coolest designs yeah this my of the different metal gears i've seen it's my favorite of the designs so i do love the shake oh the shagohan that's a big broad Mm -hmm. i mean the whole point of metal gear in in this is that you could you could deploy this big mech wherever you needed to and it could launch a nuke from its rail cannon, which doesn't, I guess, use propellant, so it doesn't wouldn't attract radar. The whole point of this, like, why it's so dangerous. Yeah, yeah. it's a pain with legs. Yeah, yeah. I also love the fact that in Metal Gear Solid Three, there's a reference where the guy has a little Rex on the table because he's building. He's the one that came up with the idea Designing for Rex. It. Yeah, but they don't care. They just want the Shago hot. And I'm like, man, it took a long time to build this thing because this this is in the 90s and this is in the <laughs> 60s. It's expensive. You and Peach Walker. Metal Gear Solid takes place in 2005. Oh, oh, yeah! I forgot that the, a lot of the Metal Gear games kind of take place during modern day. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's that's true. So, yeah, so it was supposed to be seven years in the future when it came out. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that that then you know makes things like because some of the technology is like more advanced than what actually exists in the nineties, and well, some of it's more is it to, than uh, what currently exists, but still, it kind of gives it just that like this is just a little bit in the future kind of thing, which is my favorite kind of future stuff. There's also a really, uh, my favorite thing is there's a line in, in MGS3 where Naked Snake are talking about Metal Gear and Snake Naked Snake goes, Metal Gear? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love any time they're like winking at the camera, so to speak, like that. Like yeah, any, any time they're making a little fourth point. wall break. Gamer yeah. playing is called Metal Gear Music. What's that? <laughs> I still, I always laugh when he repeats things people say. I mean, I've done that to people too that know what I'm talking about. Like it, It's huh. just funny to me. Yeah. But um, since since we're still on the whole the spiel for Liquid, since we're here at this boss fight, there's a lot of things about Liquid that I think is hilarious. For instance, uh, Liquid being blonde, even though they're twins. Yeah. Well, I always took that as that he's the inferior clone. That was uh, what I always uh, kind of thought. It's like he's, trying to say that blondes are inferior. It's a well, team. inferior in that he's not a good <laughs> copy of Big Boss because Big Boss has brown hair. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like he he's messed up somehow. He hasn't, and so that also is like why he's insane to me. I was just kind of like, well, that's like he's a bad clone. Yeah. He's, well, yeah. Here's the weird thing: is I don't know if it's retconned or canon or or like a head canon. Well, technically, Liquid isn't the inferior clone. He's a superior. Right. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's in the if you it's in the final call to the president, yeah. and depending on the ending you get. What is it? Apparently. Big Boss's hair is blonde as a child, and it turns brown when he gets Ooh. older. Yeah, interesting. So that's hey, that, that. Yeah, that's complete. I I was blonde as a child, and I have almost black hair now. So there you go. I was a redhead child, and I have black hair now. So I can yeah, understand. Completely I was, possible. There you go. I was blonde though, brown too. Yeah, oh, interesting. I did not. I did not know that. That's cool. Like very neat. But Liquid also survives a what ten foot tall drop on his back too. He survives like it, four or five things. At least, I mean, technically, he's surviving getting shot in the face of a Stinger missile. So, yeah, that's I mean, you. And then yeah. he ties you up. Yeah. Like he is, he, but, yeah. You go through this huge fight, and then somehow you're the one that gets tied up. 
Well, and it's on get, top of Metal Gear. You Why get you? there's like an explosion and you're like knocked out. Okay, yeah. Still a little weird though. Like you're the one yes. that's knocked out. And then you both end up on top of the Metal Gear. Also, like, did he drag you up there, or is it like that you got blown up there? I want wasn't clear. You and and up. Meryl's up there too, which I found interesting too. Like you know, it he put Meryl up there and she's still alive. And I was looking at her bandage. I'm like, I'm gonna be irritated if they didn't tie up both legs because she took two shots. Well, that's actually, I was looking at the things in the original PS1 one in the cutscenes, her bandages don't match where she was shot, but in this one they do. (laughs) It's pretty neat little like details they did, but then randomly change things like giving her brown hair, even though she shouldn't have brown hair. And it's a very Metal Gear thing where you have your little, you know, you where you fight him on top of the mech. Yeah, and it's a good it's a good little fight. Like it's it's again, it's that hand to hand. You don't have any items, not even like rations. Which you I didn't. I almost died this part. Well, I didn't die during the fight, but after I finished the fight, there was one ration that you walked by, and the game's oh. like, you should grab that. I'm like, I don't. I already have full ration. I didn't. Oh. So when oh. I did the oh. final part where you're being chased, I almost died because I didn't have it. I forgot to grab the ration. Yeah, I think the second time I played on the PS1, I played it on the hardest difficulty, and I like took me forever to get through the the final sequence. But that fist fight is fun. Like, I like, again, it's one of those where if you've done it before, you know, okay, I'm going to knock him down. He's going to jump back up and do a kick in the air as he jumps back up. So I've got to back up and then immediately hit him as soon as he lands again and he'll fall down again. And you can just sit there and stun lock him to where he never even gets to try to hit you pretty much. And it's also it's, it's bull charge. Oh, yeah, it's bull charge. You can actually, I, I, I thought you had to jump out of the way of the bull charge every time. That's what I always do. And this time I accidentally punched him. And I don't know if I just got the timing perfect, but just knocked him flat on his ass. <laughs> he like bull charged at me and I just decked him in the face right as he was about to hit me. I was like, oh, I did not realize I could do that. I thought I was supposed to dodge out of the way. And yeah, I punched his dog tags off, which was nice. I've never done that before. There's just so much to this game. And I think that something that there's so many different ways to play as we've been talking about this whole episode. Like we all play different ways too. Yeah. Something we, we didn't talk about it, uh, but with the first person, there's a thing from Metal Gear Solid 2 that they, that they put in you know, for that where you can stand right behind someone and you point the gun in first person at the back of their head and they will like, and it goes like freeze and they put their hands up and then you can walk up and you, you can trank them, you can choke them, whatever. But I didn't, I completely forgot. I didn't know that that was going to be in this and I did it on accident. And I was like, oh yeah, it's like in Metal Gear Solid 2. That's awesome. God. I don't, know, I don't know if you can point it at their nuts and make them pee themselves. <laughs> Like you can in two, um, but Rich, you remember in two, we went for all those dog tags. Yep. Yeah. I tried, I think we I had almost, that in two also. I think we almost had everything back then. I think so. Nearly. I don't think we got them all. It was like maybe a few missing, but, but yeah, we were trying. Yeah, I definitely didn't get them all in two, but that was one of the things I, I tried to do in two also. You can shoot the radio out of their hands. I know you can do that. Oh, that's awesome. I still love when you shoot a guy when he starts talking, but he doesn't finish. And then one time the guy's like, we need uh, like intruder. And then he got shot while he's saying after he said intruder. And they're like, what happened? We lost contact. Like, what do you think happened? You heard him scream on the radio. Ah!" Like, (laughs) yeah. And when I like, I don't know if it's the whole game, but I know that at least near the end, I had to be more careful that I was using trank darts because if I shot somebody and killed them, then their like heart rate monitor, I guess would go off and their base would be like, where are you? What's happening? Send reinforcements. But if you tranked them, then it didn't happen unless unless uh, somebody someone finds found, them. So someone found them. And then, but what what I did notice is if you uh, trank someone so they're asleep, and then you throw their body into a bottomless pit, it does not count them as dead. So the security still doesn't come. I did that in the armory. I tranked everyone and dragged them and tossed them in the pits, <laughs> the pit traps, and it didn't call for reinforcements. That's funny. Yeah, they're like, where'd they go? We don't know. Okay. <laughs> 
they fell down our own traps that we put here for them. Oh, I think the, only, the only thing yeah, really left to talk about the ending, which I didn't know there were multiple endings for that. Or no, the chase. We get shocked about the stupid chase. I so I don't. I'm not a fan of this where you ch- you get chased on a jeep and you ha- don't have any of your equipment except for the the gauntlet thing. You're not gauntlet with the Gatling gun. And hopefully two rations if you were if you were very studious about grabbing rations. I had none. Yeah, there's one outside the the jeep hanger and there's one in the jeep hanger, I believe. So I okay. had two, I had two going in the end of it. I used one of them too because the not the part with liquid isn't hard. It's the when you're going down the thing and then she keeps like gliding, like drifting into a stop. Yes. And there's three guys, and I would just get shot to hell trying to get a beat on those guys that are right up next to you. And of course, you can shoot the barrel and blow it up, and then that just gets them. But and that's what did me in too. So yeah. I didn't hear Ocelot say to shoot the gate out. So whenever you first get in the truck and he's like, shoot the gate to get out of here, I didn't hear it. So I'm sitting there just shooting at these new infinite guys coming in. I'm like, am I supposed to wait for something? Oh, exactly the same here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just kept shooting, shooting guys. And I finally thought to, and I finally shot the gate. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I just, I, t- I mean, I played through it twice before. I just, it's been a while. I just forgot oh. it. Completely forgot about it. I went for all the barrels, and that's what. Yeah, well, that's what I was doing. Actually, I wasn't trying to shoot the kid. I was like, I'm gonna blow up these barrels. This is fun. Boom! And then it it opens the gate. Well, I lost all my health trying to get to the freaking car because you can't. Like, I didn't have any guns, and I was trying to get the Gatling gun, and that's why I kept dying. (laughs) I I got shot a few times running up to the jeep and pressing the A button because let's keep it the Y button. And I was like, oh wait, Y button. There we go. Mm -hmm. I lost like half my health doing that. Yeah, it, the, wow, the chase was, was easy because I would sh- shoot him, shoot Liquid before he could do anything to me, and that that was quick. Yeah. So again, speaking of Liquid being a freaking immortal, you're like 50 caliber machine gun from like five feet away into the face yep. over and over again. Yeah, I don't, I don't get how he can just handle all that. But yeah, but I love that ending. And you know, like the jeep, the jeeps flip and everything. You know, his goes off the cliff, yours doesn't quite, and you get Merrill out, and then he comes walking up from behind you. It's like what? How? Where did you come from? And the, the only reason he dies is because the fox die gets to him. He has a heart attack. Yeah. Which I'm still is that a... why his skin is all blackened? Or is that from the the fire? Because <laughs> his hand is all like blackened whenever he reaches at you. I think that might be from the fire. Yeah. And he did get crispy. Yeah, he should have. So what is fox die? Is it just supposed to target like very specific people? I think so. I mean, as I understand it, it's a virus engineered by the people that like made you for the purpose of giving you an expiration date so they don't have to worry mm. about so they don't have to worry about exactly what happened with Big Boss. Mm, okay. <laughs> Make a super soldier, treat him like shit, turn him into a like a ultra terrorist. Uh, easier, <laughs> just inject a virus that will make you eventually die. Like they'll make you age and die or whatever it does. Yeah, it, it, it depending well, on the we, game. <laughs> we see in Metal Gear 4, he died, you know, and kills him. Yeah. So makes him old. Isn't that what happens in Metal Gear Four? Yeah, it makes a, it makes solid. Well, I don't think that's Fox. Is that Fox? I can't. I haven't played Four. I long thought that term. was Fox Die, but I don't remember. Yeah, Fox Die makes him old, but they also there's a weird scene where they're like, "Oh, you're basically a walking nuke, and if you die, you'll pretty much kill anyone within like a ten mile radius." <laughs> can't remember any. Yeah, that's I only bad, played Four. That, that's a bad design choice right there. That they didn't they didn't plan on it. That's yeah. Someday I, I really want to play four again. Yeah, I, I like I said, I've just like I've watched the cutscenes for four, but I don't have a PS, I don't have a, I don't have a PS3 or a PS4. So oh. it's not on PS4. So <sighs> well, there you go. So I have a broken PS3 that I need to fix. And then that I can game play is that that's that game is blocked. The PS3. I don't. It yeah. never got released anywhere else. I'm pretty. Well, uh, the PC 
PS3 emulation is pretty seamless on P- PC now, so I'm about, about to about to start playing demons about to start playing Demon Souls on my PC here the next couple of weeks. So. You know that'd be the best way to play that game with save state. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm not going to do that. I will. That's evil. <laughs> oh, you mean Metal Gear Solid Four? Yes, big yes. game with save state. So I, I got nothing. But all right, I think that's all. The any last things you want to say about the game before we go on to questions, comments, and memories? Well, we didn't talk about the ending. Oh, the, the, okay. the, yeah, we the talk end, about that. the endings to it. I just got the like bare minimum. Meryl is alive ending. I, I, I know that there's. I know there's others. So I got the Otacon ending, and the Otacon ending makes a reference to Space Odyssey because Snake's real name is David. Oh yeah. Otacon's real name is Huey. Not Huey. Hal. Hal. It's Hal. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? That's right. So yeah, it's Huey. It's it's David and Hal. Yeah, and they laugh about it, and they drive off into the sunset. Yeah, that's the ending I got the first two times I've played through the game. This is my third, and yeah, I've got the Otic- I've got Otacon. There's when you get the phone call to the president. Yes, we we should talk about that. That I think because that's a really good thing where they where that's when you find out that he wasn't you know who you thought he was. Right. He's working with somebody else. Like ah, thank you, Mister President. You know the very yeah. last thing he says. Yes, the president of this. The it's, so weird the president being the first cloned big boss yeah that that's interesting that doesn't come out to the second game though yeah because <laughs> they yeah, don't so, talk about so that. i was re- i was reading on it and so in the original playstation version there's extra di- you can unlock extra dialogue where they talk about snake being the inferior clone and oh yeah that's about the president being solidus and ocelot is ordered to place the woman under surveillance the woman, I, I don't I guess that's supposed to be Meryl. And they said in the in GameCube version, you get the same no matter what you do. The ending is the same with the post credits phone call. I didn't uh, I didn't actually stay past the credits this time, so I didn't know what I what they said this time. Okay. There's not a whole lot that he says. Yeah, but in the yeah in the PS one one there's extra dialogue that you but it depends on which uh, ending you get. So I've not I think it's Meryl has to be alive for you to get that. I think because I don't recall that part. I've just read about it before, but they okay. don't. They don't actually mention the name Solidus, right? No. Well, it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it says no. President being a third clone known as Solidus is Maybe. what it, I'm just reading on the wiki. I don't remember at all them having that name at that time. They probably get. They probably. Yeah, no. So that might be wrong. No. Yeah. It, they. They. They just end up. What is it? It's just the the president ends up being Solidus sequel and. It's the, the whole like, oh, there was a third clone and everything else. Yeah, that's going to be a fun. That's going to be a fun one to talk about. That one's a lot longer, too. If you watch the cutscenes. Right. <laughs> Are you talking about MGS2 or? Yeah, MGS2. Yeah. 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 I like MGS2 a lot. Yeah, though, two, so. 2 definitely feels way longer. I'm sure it is longer. But I don't. Do we know what the canon ending is supposed to be of this game? Uh, I mean, Meryl I think, survived. Yeah, Meryl surviving is the canon because she's, okay. still, alive. she's still alive in 4, right? Yeah, because she didn't show up in two, so people thought she was dead until four when they rebring her. They bring yeah, her and well, that's the thing. The beginning of two would make you think that the Otacon ending is because if you if you get the Otacon ending in this one, you and Otacon drive off into the sunset like, oh, we're going to be pals. And then part two starts off, Otacon's helping Snake. The two of them are like a two man mercenary or two man like I don't know what you would call it team. Anti Metal Gear team. Anti Metal Gear, like yeah, I mean terrorists. I, <laughs> well, I mean they are terrorists, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but you're I mean, exactly. So the beginning of two makes it seem like Otacon was supposed to be which I mean Otacon survives either way. If you if you save Merrill, then Otacon's like, I'm gonna hang out here. It's like what? <laughs> Why? 
Um, there's also the weird thing, which I guess technically is still supposed to leave it ambiguous because Snake has the infinite headband at the end of two as well. Oh, oh yeah, infinite okay. ammo. Yeah, that's right. And and it's you get that for saving Meryl and then playing again. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so then that's kind of that. I see what you're saying. So the the fact that he's wearing that headband indicates that he's okay. Yeah, that's neat. Okay. I like that. All right, that everything I think we need to say for this before we go to questions then. I got a few. I got I got a decent amount of memories, actually, so I'm not going to read them all, but I'll read some. First, uh, I watched the entire Overload Super replay. I got, let's see, from Tony Delgado. Metal Gear Solid is my favorite game ever, so I'm a bit biased, but I hate Twin Snakes. I absolutely loathe it. It tries to <laughs> improve the experience of the first game, but fundamentally misses so much of what makes Metal Gear Solid great. The cutscene, the cinematography, the soundtrack, the voice acting, the tone and ambience from the very first cutscene of Twin Snakes, the voice actors sound tired and uninspired compared to the original, and the cinematography feels sickening with the crazy, nauseating, flying, out of control, camera zooming in and out of people's faces, and this is all before the nonsense action pieces. Twin Snakes adds. Twin Snakes feels similar to the Lion King remake. It has the same characters and general story, but something fundamental to the experience was lost in the adaptation. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I disagree, but I, I think I get where he's coming from, but I disagree. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't fully agree with it, but I do understand the point, part where he's talking about the uh, voice actor's performance. There are certain times I felt that the scene didn't match the intensity like mm-hmm. of the voice actor. So especially with Liquid speaking to, to Snake at the end on top of Rex, he could have been a lot more aggressive, a lot more vocal. It was just kind of dull, kind of. Yeah. Hand. And they made some changes with it, too, that are like. Some of them make sense and are good, and some of it's like, well, why? <laughs> I'm, I'm a total cheese master, so I understand where the whole, like, I did, I'm not liking the whole Matrix cutscenes comes from, at least. I love them, but yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I, love I, them. yeah, I thought they were extra silly and fun. And from Rise Mahonic, friend of the show, personally, I don't care for it all at all next to the original. I find the gameplay changes break the level design in ways I don't like. I don't care for the recontextualization of Snake as an over-the-top missile kick-flipping action hero. Okay, I gotta say something about that. And I think the the, the new voice performances are generally weaker. I also really, really dislike the new musical score. I do think the new environment work looks good, even if I don't like how some of the character models look artistically. I forgot about the part where you're fighting the Hind D and he jumps on the missile, jumps off the missile and shoots a missile at the Hind D. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we mentioned it in passing that he does that, but it's yeah. that, that's new. There's a few of a, a few of those that are new. They added a few new things like that. No one believes me when I told him it happens, but it happened. Snake kick clips off a missile and yeah. See, behavior like that from, from Gray Fox makes sense, but not necessarily Snake. And yeah, I realize that he did the same kind of stuff in Smash Brothers, but still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those things of like, if this game, if I took this game at all seriously, I would be annoyed by it. But it's just Kojima, his whole thing is just ridiculous over the top everything. So I'm like, yeah, no, that fits. That's fine. Sure. But I, no, again, I, I get it. I get why that would be annoying to people. And from Dominic Chikogi, aside from the graphical upgrades, are the differences from the PS1 game really that egregious? In my memory, it's mostly the same game, but with better controls and a few cutscene changes. I agree with him. Yeah, I mean, I'll say if you go on the wiki and look at the differences, it's like it would fill like five pages of a Word document. It's a lot of differences, but they're they're mostly just making the game easier, but in a way that's more convenient. And to me, the thing is, is you could, if you're finding it too easy, if you set it to the harder difficulties, I mean, it makes some significant change. Like the hardest difficulty, you don't have radar. Imagine playing this game without radar, without being able to see people's vision cones. That's, you know, 
you have to go purely by rumble to be able to tell, and, and then you have to have that the AP sensor equipped the whole time Man, to just what's... to be able to even tell when people are there. So I mean, but you could do that. So I, I don't know. I uh, there are a lot of, and I liked a lot of the things like them adding the lockers from two and being able to put people in the lockers or be able to hide in the lockers yourself and things like that. I thought it was, I was really happy if at all. I mean, the first person camera does break it if you abuse it and it's easy to abuse, but personally it's hard to go back to the original mm. uh, when, after this came out, just because of those gameplay changes and the, and the controller changes and all that, they did just try to modernize and like have it up to the standard that people now expect from like two and three. That's what they wanted to present here. Like, how could you go back to reflecting almost the original, even with this new cutscenes and things like that? Yeah, and that and that is the thing. A lot of the difficulty of the original isn't necessarily on purpose. You know what I mean? Like I like we had already had first person control stuff in Kojima had done that in uh, Police Knots. There's like first person shooting stuff. Uh, sequences like shooting gallery type stuff and i think that um if he had had the option to do the like the first person camera like shooting stuff he probably would have done it maybe not i don't know but it feels like some of the difficulty of the first is just down to the controls being a little archaic right you know yeah and from last question from this group or last comment from quentin crow the bastard child (laughs) and from nintendo gamecube enthusiasts I got a couple from Chandler Lawrence. This and remake really show the jump from the fifth to sixth generation, as well as a showcase of the power of the little cube that could. Yeah. Because Resident Evil yeah. remake is something else too. And yeah. this one from Colin Joseph Lucas, your mom found a podcast <laughs> and from Raphael Lima. Oh, I recently bought this game about a few weeks ago. It was ridiculously expensive. He's right. Like, a, like I was saying earlier, 120 bucks. Oh, so, and then last group I'm going to read from Metal Gear Solid Outer Heaven from Antonio Rivera. I wish this could be released on PlayStation. Same. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this really should be re-released. It won't be, but I wish it would be. Yeah. Because it just, it, I mean, one, Konami, you know, so they can't re-release stuff. And Nintendo, Nintendo also, they were they they don't like to re-release stuff they do with other people, I think, as much. Yeah. They probably you know, have to give away some of the money, so they're like, "Nope, fuck you. We won't get. We won't make any money to give you, bastards." I guess. And from Gerard Wardlow, I would slap mine and your mama. Play Metal Gear on the Switch. Okay. I, I, okay. <laughs> and from Mario Campoli, somebody knows how to properly emulate this on PC. Yes, many people do. Use the use Google. And from Hassel Bryant, this is my favorite Metal Gear game. I never knew how much people hated it until I joined this group. It was like living the original beautifully. I have no idea why it's hated. Love this game. I didn't know it was hated either until more recently. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, mm. I didn't know either until I saw people when I when I was asking about it, people were like man, they get, like they had things to say that were bad, and I'm like, why? This is a good game. It's a good oh, remake. Yeah, it is. It's a great remake. Um, but I, again, I do I get uh, as someone who like my favorite genre of games is Dark Souls, <laughs> and in that community, the uh, there's definitely a contingent of people who, if anything becomes easier, they they just hate it. They're yeah. like in Dark Souls three, you can teleport between every bonfire. You can fast travel, and people just they hate it. They're like, I can't. I hate that you can fast travel like that. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> seriously, is it make it? Does it make the game better that you have to run everywhere? Like some people just you know like stuff that hasn't changed, I guess. And from yeah. Elvis Jamini, uh, the only thing that the only thing that sucks about this is the exaggerated cutscenes and the rush voice track. I didn't notice the voice track, but the cutscenes are right. So um, I again, yeah, I get it though. Yeah. From Sean Ferguson, how good is the gameplay? Very good, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's age okay. And I have just a couple more from Manuel Logo. I just finished this game yesterday and probably will play it again now that I got the stealth camouflage. 
You should. And from ja- Jasper Pua, great Metal Gear game. The music is its weakest point, which we haven't really talked about. I didn't really pay attention to music because it's me. I didn't notice. I, I didn't even notice. Is it like significantly different? I want to say maybe. I know Konami got in a lot of trouble because I do know the theme for Metal Gear Solid 2. Before Metal Gear Solid 4 came out, they found out that the theme was actually stolen from some Russian piano player. (laughs) And also, I think a couple of the songs are from Speed. So maybe that's why the soundtrack's a little bland, because they realized it. Uh, When did Speed come out? Was that like 96? Yeah. Around that time that the original came out? Oh, it's before, because I remember Speed 2 came out when I was in high school, and this game came out when I was in high school, so it was, yeah. 1994. Yeah, so that's oh, four okay. years earlier, yeah. that's, that's That makes funny. sense. That makes sense, Coach with Soft Speed, and he's like, oh, that's cool. Let's put that in there. Nah, but okay. Yeah, that that sounds like a Kojima, like, interest, for sure. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Movie's not good. <laughs> it's not that bad. If no I one remember saw, very well. If okay. no one saw the movie, then they're not going to know what my soundtrack's from. <laughs> And I think this will, be, this will be the last one I read from John Kong. Graphically impressive for its time, except for Otacom, they did him dirty. Cheesy, over-the-top action, different take on Snake and Friends, what's not to love about it? Apparently a lot for some people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree with this guy, man. That, I thing. mean, that's what Metal Gear became. Metal Gear, like, from 2 on is just it's cheesy action. It's I mean, hell, in Metal Gear Solid 3, every enemy you beat blows up for what? No reason, <laughs> they just do. Like, Yeah, you want, like, realism, go play Splinter Cell or something. <laughs> <laughs> so one one thing I totally forgot, and I, I I can't believe none of us mentioned it this entire podcast. The part where you can't use weapons in the nuke part. Oh yeah. Oh I, yeah. I, I actually, yeah. I actually used a box to sneak through, and the enemies just walked right past me, and I got to the elevator, and I was in front of the elevator in a box as someone kept walking past me until the elevator got there. So yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's a cheesy oh, yeah. game. I, I, I use the box boxes extensively. I do like that you have different boxes. And they'll be more suspicious of boxes that don't fit that room, that building, I think is neat. I shot him with the M9 problem solved. Yeah, M9 one, you thing, can use. one thing I don't, one thing, I guess it makes sense, but I don't like if you go up the stairs in the box, you just fully stand up while you're walking up the stairs. You can't like fall up the stairs. And so like I uh, specifically in the nuke room going up to the, uh, the elevator, you can't see the guard who's walking in front of the elevator. You can't see him on the radar or with first person if you're at the bottom of the stairs and he's at the top of the stairs and so i like two or three times went up those stairs and he saw me going up the stairs because he could see me standing up so but yeah i i definitely in the ps1 version too just completely abused the box and just run around okay yeah i can see that being annoying too yeah all right and that brings us to shelf stacker box and uh rich what about you i would i would shelf it i mean when it comes to uh mgs1 in general this Seems like the current, like, definitive version of it. And I'm okay with that. The over-the-top deal where people are complaining, I think it's fine. Is it a little dated, even at the time, for, for Matrix references? Yeah. <laughs> Should Snake be jumping off of missiles and flipping over corridors and stuff like that? Definitely not. But, no, I, I like the game a lot, and I, I would keep it on the shelf. Okay. How about you, Joe? Shelf, because what's the, what's wrong with my excuse of, hey, hello, new friend coming over. How's, how's it going? Oh, you've never heard of Metal Gear? Let me tell you what. Let me just pull out the first <laughs> one, dust off this GameCube, and just let's just get into it for an afternoon. Okay. Uh, what about you, Kerry? 100% Shelf. Yeah, this is, to me, this is my my new favorite version of the game. I'm, I'm keeping it on my computer and everything. I'm going to play it again. 
I'm glad I did that to you. Yeah. I'm really glad that I introduced, you know, some of you guys to this game. And hopefully even people listening to this, I introduce you to it because this is a game that played any way you can, is in the words of SNES Drunk, because you need to play it <laughs> if you like Metal Gear. And it ain't yeah. coming out again, so you need yeah. to find other ways to play it. Yeah. Which is really I mean, cool. even if you don't play it and you just watch the like movies, like the, the edited movies on like YouTube, it's still very entertaining. Yeah. Just that alone. Like the, the story, the characters, it, it almost feels like just watching a movie as you're playing this, as almost every Metal Gear does. Yeah. And it, and it really does hold up. And I think it holds up better than the PS1 version. Honestly. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it just like, it has so much quality of life stuff to it. And, you know, I mean, play the PS1 version also, if it, uh, you know, at some point, but you'll probably find that this version is hard to go back from, probably. Yeah. So if you're going to play the PS1 version, maybe do that first, going to the, this one. I, yeah. I agree with that too, because I, I originally played the first one. Well, no, I played this one, then I went back and played the first one for the show, then I went and played this one, too, for the show. Because I, I just felt that it helped. Nice, nice. All right, and I'll go last. I'm also going to put this on the shelf, too. I had a lot of fun playing this game again, even though I played it very easy, and I cheat, as people would say. But I, I had blast. <laughs> I had a lot of fun playing it, and I, I still I think this is the definite version, just because of having the ability to have these cutscenes that fit where Metal Gear goes after this. Just everything about this game, I felt, was just fine for what it was and i had a great time playing it so going on the shelf and i'm really glad we covered it yeah all right and then the only other couple of things left to do is one and if you need more metal gear action you can listen to some of our previous episodes we covered metal gear solid 3 snake eater episode 109 metal gear solid episode 57 metal gear 2 solid snake episode 51 and then we our first metal gear episode Metal Gear Ghost Babel for Game Boy Color, Episode 7. So check those out if you need some more Metal Gear. As I said at the top of the show, you have only a couple days to vote in our Patreon poll. You get to decide what anime pilot test we're going to cover. Case Closed, Kawi Bebop, Outlaw Star, or Akuma No Riddle. So please, as little as a dollar, you can go, go vote in our Patreon. So please, go do that. And also, next week, we are coming at you with Batman Arkham Origins. Nice. I that game gets a lot of shit talked about, but that's I've been playing it off and on the last couple of days. That game is really good still. So you know, I, I will say like I hated it when it came out, but when I played it like last year, more recently, man, it it actually was pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like I just ate you know a good steak ribeye. What's this sirloin shit? I mean, it's still it's still steak. <laughs> yeah. It's still great. It's, right. Know. It gets a lot of hate. It doesn't deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I mean, you're you're coming off of what. Arkham City, so Arkham City was like probably one of the best in the series. Yeah. So it's it's hard to match up, but it's still good. Yeah. There's like one thing I hate about the game. <laughs> so I, it's something I'm, I'm very excited to, to talk about because we've been doing a lot of Arkham stuff on this show before, so it'll be it'll be nice to go back and play that too. Yeah, that's awesome. So all right, so definitely go listen for that episode that will be out next week when you're hearing this. And Ooh. Carrie, where can people find you at? Hey, all right. So I, uh, I'm i on Twitch, Carousetta, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A. You can see me playing you know, Dark Souls games and occasionally doing some console repairs and modifications in my workshop. I do a lot of that, and uh, that's, that's the main place. I also YouTube, same name. And you will see a link in the show notes to his channel. Joe, did you have anything to plug? I can't remember. Uh, not really. I just have okay. a... Yeah. <laughs> I'm around. <Okay. laughs> all right. And then I just want to give a shout out to 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 our to our co- my co-host of the Marvel stuff, uh, Bill Tucker. He started his podcast recently, A Gamer Looks at Forty. So definitely go check check that out. It's a lot different than this show, much more edited, much more of a documentary series versus what this is. But definitely go check it out. It's very good. And you will see a link in the show notes to his, to his 
podcast. And also want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Tony from the ZP Bite the Blitz song, The Cool Kid Squad, that you've been hearing. Depending on how long you've listened to us 200 times in your ears, <laughs> he's been on here. <laughs> so definitely go check him out. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube, finally. I mean, it's just audio, but we're on YouTube. <laughs> and as hey. I said before, go on our Patreon. So I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. See ya. Thanks. Bye.